tonight's tonight. And it's going to happen again and again. Has to happen. Nice night. Miami is a great town. I love the Cuban food, pork sandwiches, my favorite. But I'm hungry for something different now. Blood. Sometimes it sets my teeth on edge. Other times it helps me control the chaos. The coat of Harry, my foster father, is satisfied, and so am I. Harry was a great cop here in Miami. Taught me how to think like one. Taught me how to cover my tracks. I'm a very neat monster. seconds after the hour of 11 and this the month of may in the year of our lord 2008 thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day we are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of am 970 solid state radio thank you my friends and welcome to this uh, excursion into whimsy it is friday and welcome to day 12 it's a rick emerson radio program it's 503-733-2970 503-733-2970 we're here in beautiful downtown portland oregon uh, 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, or the mundane. Uh, you can weigh in with your uh, comments, covetous clarifications, two cents, odds, ends, whatever you might have, whatever uh, ruminations or ironic musings or limericks you may wish to uh, share with us today. It's 503-733-2970. You can also uh, email if you like. It's rick at... RickEmerson.com, Sarah at 970.am, Tim at 970.am, or Richie with a T at 970.am. And speaking of Richie with a T, here's something Richie didn't notice, but which we all just discovered. So, apparently when Richie... Let me just say it. Let me just cut to the chase. I now hold in my hands the transcripts of Richie's cyber sex conversation with the man that he thought was a woman that's really a man because he has a penis. Um, So... I have to make sure that we don't get uh, distracted by this. <laughs> but so, and about this is why we love Richie. And I don't mean that ironically or sarcastically. This is why we truly uh, clutch Richie to our figurative bosom. Uh, because he comes into the studio without comment, without complaint, without protest at about 10.45 this morning. And he just sat down on the counter, not just the transcript, but multiple copies like enough for everyone to read. <laughs> Copies for everyone. He's very considerate. What they, like they say in school, don't don't bring any gum unless you've got enough for everybody. Um, so he brought in the transcripts of his cyber massage. Um, he also brought a one-page summary and distillation of his transcript. And so we all felt it's like one of those things where you don't want to look, but you have to look. And so we all kind of turned and it I over. And I haven't been able to look. 
We've I and I said that you, for, you forbode me from looking. I turned it over and saw one line. It, here's the only line I saw. Let's see here. Hold on a second. Um, wait. Hold on. Here's the only here's the only line I saw. We should play a game later on, and that game will be. Wow, this is so bad. Really? <laughs> We're gonna play a game, and that game is gonna be. Who said it? Is it going to be Matt? The cross-dresser or Richie? <laughs> Maybe we could all swap roles at some point and all give it a try. That's creepy. Uh, <laughs> is this the one where I have to be the escaped convict? Um, and so Tim is looking at this transcript of Richie's uh, rather intimate conversation. And, and Tim notes something that I hadn't noted. Tim says... Richie, why does it say Richie Bristol on this? Is this your real name? And Richie said, what do you mean? Tim said, well, because it's not like, you know, when you go online, you're the, well, I'm Ramrod 75 or yeah. whatever. No, no, no. He's just Richie Bristol. And Tim said, are you using your real name when you have these sex chats? And Richie said, I didn't know it was going to do that. <laughs> well, it makes them easy to find. <laughs> All right, could we please read a little bit of it? Please. Okay, know. here's a guess. Who said this line? Was it Richie or the crossdresser? Not to be confused with weenie in the butt. Was it Richie or the... I think we've got an exciting new morning program. Was it Richie or the crossdresser who said... I think I need some lotion. Oh, God. Please say it's the crossdresser. I think the crossdresser would be prepared. Do you have a final she guess? Knew, she knew where it was going. Who? What? Oh, you mean the conversation. Yeah. Oh, Oh, no. <laughs> Zing. Um, so, who said that? Uh, I guess Richie. Yeah, it was Richie. Oh, God. Who? <laughs> I, do I get to look at any of this? I have it. Wow, I can't believe this. And rubbing is supposed to have um, two Bs, by the way. <laughs> I'm rubing it in. <laughs> okay, Sarah, now... Can I give it one just, page? Okay, okay. open it up and just pick, pick, pick a line or two at random. And then do I get to say... And I'll guess... Oh, there's some parts that are not uh, there's okay. some parts that are not suitable for air, but okay. Who said this? I don't wear a bra at home. Richie, no, that's probably that's probably Christian. I'm sorry, Chrissy. Excellent. That's oh. fantastic. Boy, I'm sore. L O L O L. Genius. Oh, Richie's the one who started that. He's like. Yeah, Richie, I believe, is the well, instigator. Well, depending on how long that, that session was, it could be both. <laughs> I suppose. Well, you know, perhaps there were... I hope this is okay. I'm getting kind of hot. Are you Are you wearing a bra? <laughs> oh, I'm so dirty. I need to wash it away. I, I think it's more tropical in the Philippines, so it could be Richie's apartment. <laughs> I can't wash off the... Oh <laughs> are you noon? I have socks on. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Who doesn't? Jesus, God. Anyway, so we'll get to that later on. All right. Um, hey, Richie, I appear to be missing a page. Oh, oh I guess I'm not. God. Never mind. All right. Okay, let's... Don't get... Oh, oh to, I need to unsee what I to, just read. You have to turn it over there. Wow. I haven't, I haven't read... Keep in mind, by the way... Don't go to page three. This don't is, go to page three. This is four pages long. I got four pages in what looks to be about eight-point type. Yeah, it is four. Yeah. Okay. I'm setting that down. Anyway. When do we get to read the rest of it? When do we get to? When When are we going to? I don't know. Well, because here's what we got to do today. Uh, I'm sticking it under my apple. That's what she said. 
Uh, I was thinking we could have a reenactment of this during the listener party on stage. Oh, oh, oh. I like your style, Tim Riley. And then we could give out these parts as prizes. But Richie could be the cross-dresser. Oh. Yes. Richie does. I, I believe. I, I believe. I bet Richie would make a good woman. Yeah. I bet Richie would make a good cross-dresser. Uh, has he? Should we call him in? To your knowledge, has Richie ever dressed in drag? Um. Well, we should let we him. Should know. How much that. knowledge do we have of Richie? Oh, thank you. Well done. Uh, here. <laughs> Richie does look good today, by the way. Jet. It's got like the uh, sharp. It's got like the Rat Pack look going on. But hello, Richie Bristol. Hello, sir. <laughs> Would you like to engage in a cybernetic encounter? <laughs> uh, how are you today? Uh, <laughs> Richie, good. Just... You look You're good today, awesome. by the way. Oh, yeah. well, thank you. No, you look good. Um, so uh, we're going to be doing that photo uh, later on today. So Richie, uh, Richie and Tim are actually already wearing their photo garb. I'm changing in my dress at like 2.30. Yeah, I'm going to uh, change later on. Um, all right, Richie, first of all, and I mean this with all absolute sincerity, we really do love you. Honestly and truly. Like nobody would do this. Like we're, we're heckling you and making you give us a transcript of your online sex chat. And you do it and you give us multiple copies. Which you are, I'm really, and you brought enough for everybody. So thank you, Richie. I'm I did, impressed. I did omit the last few pages. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. It was probably Did just... Did you run out of ink? <laughs> I felt it wasn't proper for radio. <laughs> the rest of this is just... The rest of this should be read all the time. <laughs> um, all right. Well, okay. Good. I'm trying to move away from that image. Um, so, so first of all, you know, we sincerely thank you for, for bringing this in. It really is wonderful. Um, so, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to put this. Um, have Have you ever dressed in drag? Yeah. Why did I know the answer would be yes? Now, may I ask what the, the occasion was? Uh, well, the first time was Halloween. Okay. Cause now, thought... did you try to dress as a, as as a pretty woman, or did you try to dress as sort of like was it trying to like a goof, where you were trying to look kind of weird? No, I tried to look as good. as You I tried could. to look as good. Did you feel you pulled it off? Yeah. Do you make a convincing woman in any way? Do you think? No, but I got action. Wow. <laughs> you might want to reword that. It was weird. The girls were interested in me. <laughs> I was dressed as a woman and I was getting my butt pinched and girls were slapping my butt. and well, I kinda, I guess It was, it was kind of cool. It was like weird because, you know, girls that never talked to me before all of a sudden started talking to me. That's the way to do it, guys. <laughs> I don't even... I'm, I feel like I don't even know where I am anymore. So, and, uh, when is the last time you dressed... And that was that the only time you've done it? No. When it... How... What other occasions required you to dress in drag? Uh... I don't even remember. I mean, I went to a I party feel that's one a, time. That's a lie, perhaps. <laughs> Unless you've just done it so many times that do they you, all blur together. Do you own together. any wigs? Uh, I can't find them. But that's a yes. You do own them. You just don't somewhere know where they are. Somewhere in a box, somewhere, somewhere. All right. So you own all the accoutrements to uh, to dress in drag, should you require it. I believe so. You should totally make him dress in drag for the photo today. I wish we'd had time. Um, so no, the, we only uh, want Richie to do it if he's comfortable. That's with it. true, Richie. So what is it now? This is typically for parties. Uh, I don't know. It's not like planned. I mean, just when you feel spo it's a spontaneous <laughs> sort of thing. When you when you feel the moment it requires it. Yeah, or I meet lesbian chicks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Never mind. I don't even... Do you have a drag name? Uh, Rochelle. <laughs> <laughs> is that Rochelle with a T? You, it is with a T, Rochelle. How do you, how do you spell that? R-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. Rochelle. Okay. Crystal. Um, 
Sarah, additional questions? I, I don't really, really know where to go from there. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think that we need to, like, later on we'll read the transcript wow. and see if it would be a good idea to have somebody read it at the listener party. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. <laughs> Can I get those back, please? <laughs> They're going to black out some things. No. <laughs> I don't even no, know. No. How many pages... Hold on. Now, I, How before, many pages does this go on for? Before we even do any further, and we, we'll talk about everything else coming up, we'll uh, take a look at what news is on the horizon and whatever. Um, okay, so I'm going to look at the last couple lines before it cuts off. Okay. Because you haven't brought in the last few pages. Right. Those are for Can me. I look? I'm getting lotion all over the place. Oh, no. Damn, man. All right. And how many pages beyond this? Uh, do you, are there? Probably three or four. <laughs> well, that's almost impressive in a way. I mean, really, good for you. You're no five-minute man, Richie Bristol. All right. <laughs> no. Yeah. I should have blacked out this stuff. God. Yeah. Yeah, do you think? In reference to the lotion, I just read this one part where it says... Puts the lotion on its skin. Uh, I'm squirting it on you. <laughs> the lotion. The lotion. Chrissy's squirting it on Richie. She's soaking it. Great. Thank you, Richard. Yeah, there's not the part where my brother actually comes home. Oh, God, what? Never mind. Oh, no, we're going to talk about this later on. All right. Uh, but all kidding aside, you do look good today, though. Okay. Yeah, no, are you going to wear a jacket, or are you just going to go with the, with the, just the, just the shirt and tie? I think you should go with that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking just the shirt and tie. Okay. I'm thinking maybe... I mean, we're talking about things that the listeners don't even know. But, 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 so I'm thinking Tim has that, has that outfit, which looks really good. You, maybe no jacket, mm-hmm. and then me, maybe... Like over, you know, because I think yeah. that's yeah something like that. All right, we'll figure it out. All right, okay. thank you, Richie. All right, Richie Bristol, ladies and gentlemen, God bless him. Lisa Desjardins coming up later on from the Hill. Jim Roop, Steve Kastenbaum, Aaron Duran. Um, I have a great air check uh, from somebody that uh, KUFO program director Chris Paddock uh, tossed my way that we'll try to play later on. Uh, Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification today. Not that they matter, mind you. <laughs> We're just filling time until the big story. <laughs> this just in, Richie is horrifying. Uh, so two are arrested after filling in a low home with trash. There's been another shooting at a Gresham Max stop. A man's shoes were stolen at an attack at the Northeast 82nd Street Max stop. Shoes! Uh, computer keyboards are dirtier than toilet seats, <laughs> especially in Richie's house. Ew. Ten million bees take over a home. Tom Cruise will visit Oprah today. A Texas police arrest a man trying to cash a $360 billion check. <laughs> a man with his arms cut in an industrial machine uses his toes to call 911. Excellent. And the search for more dungeons of incest is in progress in Austria. Well, okay. Oh, good God almighty. Correct. Still in this cleaning your keyboard, even at the very time. Are <laughs> you cleaning every single computer? Uh, 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 I don't think Richie's ever sat at her workplace. No, 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 not for Richie. It's oh. just like you just said that dirtier than toilet seats thing, and that really grossed me out. Yeah. And well, it is true. You don't know what kind of uh, you don't know what kind of chats are happening on this keyboard when you're not around, Sarah. I'm just saying, some people don't have broadband at home. That's all I'm. It's the only point I'm making. Oh, good lord. Uh, all right. It would be almost <clears throat> slow though if they use this one. You <laughs> seriously? I. L. Oh, I mean, it'd take you ten, ten minutes to get your pants off. I mean, so, all right. Well, in any event. Hello, Sarah Dillon. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing fantastically. Me too. I'm going and to a good show tonight, and you... Lost was on last night. So we'll do the Lost recap here in a few. What's, uh, what are you going to see tonight? I'm going to see VHS or Beta. Oh, right, right, okay. Yeah. That's late tonight, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Where's it at? 
Uh, you know, I don't know. I think it's at the Doug Fur. Okay. Maybe. I think Dave Zinn was talking to me about that. Uh, I think Dave. Dave might... Zinn and I seem to cross paths at a lot of shows. Actually, CBS Radio in general. Last last show I went to, I bumped into Chris Paddock, into Dave Zinn. Well, right. actually, at both of Swell Season and then at right. um, MGMT too. Yeah, I think Dave was talking about that, and then there's that band. I think it's. I don't know if it's this weekend or next weekend that band Fleet Foxes yeah, that he's trying to get me to go to. Um, so excellent. And then Lost was last night. Lost was last night. Was it, it was good. It was really good. Excellent. Uh, so let's now before we do anything else, it's five zero three seven three three two. 970, we saw Lost last night. 503-733-2970. Uh, now is the time of the Rick Emerson Show, and we do the weekly Lost recap. It's 503-733-2970. Please to be calling with your uh, Lost comments or queries. And if you didn't see it... Don't. If you didn't see it, you just turn, the, turn down the radio for a few. If you didn't see it, you can just, uh, you just, you just tune out for five, six, seven, eight minutes or whatever, because we're going to be talking about that uh, for a bit. Um... What is this note to myself? Oh, this is about this. I wrote down, what is the wor- what's the worst thing you've ever heard? This was going to be my tease into the Richie transcript. It was, what's the worst thing you've ever heard? Don't speak so fast. We have the Richie transcript. So we'll get to uh, more of that later. And then I got the... Um and then I got my shave uh, done yesterday. I got my shave. You and look clean shaven. How did they do on your burns? Uh, no, that was fine. They uh, okay. no, she did a good job. I kind of I just came right out and said, I don't know how to take care of myself, and I have a photo being taken. Please help me. <laughs> and so she, uh, so they did the haircut, and then they did the full like the blade shave, which is pretty great, although it's a little unnerving. Every time I get that blade shave done, it's like you just. It's not like you feel like you're going to be whacked Godfather style. Uh, I always just assume that at some point I will be getting the shave. And then somebody will bump the chair, and she will inadvertently slash my jugular. And then I'm just going to sit there and bleed to death at Bishop's Barbershop. So that could happen. Right which, now, is, so. which did not happen, but uh, it, but could happen. But it's pretty great, though, because they do the whole... I was going to say, I don't mean to sound creepy, but really, relative to what's already happened at today's program, there's no possible way I could sound creepy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could be sitting here... I could be sitting here in a diaper waving a rattle around, and I wouldn't sound creepy. But there is something... I don't know. There's, some, there's something really, really nice about when you go and you get that full-on shave done, where they put you back in the chair and then they put, uh, you know, they give you the hot towel and then they give you the, the shave or whatever. There's something. I don't know. It is, the whole process is very soothing, uh, because I think uh, I don't know what it is. There's something there where the whole the whole process is just is just very cool. So yeah. anyway, so uh, so I got that done. Got my haircut done. Taken care of on that front. Um, and I got not just from Aaron. Aaron gave me that Family Guy. Uh, Blue Harvest DVD. Did you watch that? I didn't actually, but I've got that. And then uh, James, who works here, dropped off Family Guy, I think, the entire season four with me. Uh, so I've got season four Family Guy on DVD, like all set aside and, and like ready to go. So this weekend, I can go home. And Only I can... if it's rainy. If it's not rainy, you should go out and enjoy the sun. Yeah, but it's going to be rainy, isn't it? I mean, it's rainy today. Isn't it bad? Isn't it like cloudy and whatnot? The, no, it was a little, it was a little cool. The newsbot said it was going to rain, and the newsbot's never wrong, Sarah. So are you the newsbot, Rick Emerson? No, so it remains to be seen. So uh, anyway, so so at least one day this weekend, I'm going to try to uh, to get myself some TV time to get caught up on Family Guy. So, cool. all right, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Let's take a break here, so we don't get behind. Uh, we will come back. Lisa Desjardins around the corner. Steve Kastenbaum, Tim Riley at the noon uh, news hour. Later on, Aaron Duran, uh, uh, Peter Carlin, and more. So stay. There, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Pro. The Richie won't come off, Susan, no matter how hard you scrub. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. By the way, you were we were talking about Dexter before the show, and you were asking about Michael C. Hall. I, we completely forgot about this. So he was, uh, he was married to actress Amy Spanger at one point. Divorced and is now dating the girl that plays his sister. Oh, I, I forgot, forgot all about, about that. that. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. 
which is creepy and hot. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Nothing I say for the rest of the day is going to sound creepy. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hi, this is Larry. Yes, hello, Larry. How are you on this fine yeah, Friday? I'm to talk about Lost. Lost, here. okay. Oh, Larry, let's do it. Yeah, I can't believe that. I mean, do we believe Hurley that he said they're they're the ones that are dead? I know because after I was hearing that, and then uh, with the you know with the preview for next week, and that dude with the bloody nose is like, don't you know I've been dead for twelve years? And I'm like, yeah. what the hell is it? Because they've been saying repeatedly that it's not purgatory or heaven or anything, but it's like, wait, but, uh, but they're having this contact with these people who are claiming to be dead. Yeah, was that um, Ben's dad in the preview? You know, the one he, when he killed him in the in the bus. You know, that did kind of look like him. Yeah. And has it been 12 years? I don't know. It might have been, because I know he said, yeah, he's been on the island since he was a kid. Yeah. And then the other thing with Kate and Jack. Jeez. Yeah, did you? Because I, I recognized the house when that first happened, when, um, you know, he's walking through and you can't tell what house he's in. You can hear the wow. shower running. And I recognize that from um, that previous episode when you see that Kate has custody of Aaron. Yeah, because it was obviously the same house. Falcon for the baby too. So let me ask. So I have a question. So when you watch Lost, is it like is the show sort of one big daisy chain where every episode they answer a couple small things, but then set up a couple other things? Well, they don't even answer anything. They just give you another part to the puzzle, and and they don't tell you. And it sucks because they give you relationships with people, but then they give you that piece, but then you don't know if it's a flash forward, a flashback, if it's set in time like later than other episodes you've seen or earlier. Right. So you don't know the sequence of events ever. I was watching with my wife last night, and she's like, okay, where are they in this? Is this forward, back? So there's no, so some, so you don't necessarily have markers even to know when something is taking place. My marker for where they were was Jack's beard because he didn't quite have a, he didn't have a beard yet, but he was more rough shaven than he was in the previous. Now, do, you, do you think that this was pre um, the season finale of episode three when he's all like crazy beardo, like we've got we have oh. to go back and go to the funeral and stuff? Oh, definitely. This is just probably a little bit after the trial type thing. But Aaron looks so old. Which yeah. is kind of weird to me, because I, so I didn't really know how much time had lapsed. But then again, they were there, and what time? When were they on? Like two thousand four or something? Yeah, and then this—I don't know. It's—it's <laughs> it's, it's like you need to like. Put a, put a you sound like you're having no. It no, hurts. No I've spent all morning looking at dorky lost message boards, and it, nobody knows. It does sound like you're having some sort of uh, low-grade mental collapse about it, sir. No offense. <laughs> don't get me wrong. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. All right. There you go. Let's do one more, and then we'll uh, talk to Lisa Desjardins. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, yeah, hey. uh, yeah. I just uh, hello. I just wanted to set the whole. It's not his. It's not Ben's dad that they see that he says dad with the bloody nose. It's the guy that brought Ben's dad to the island. Okay. I, I feel like a total retard for knowing. That. <laughs> no, because I knew I recognized <laughs> him from somewhere, but I'm like, how is he? So, what do you think? Speculate with him saying that he's been dead for 12 years. Uh, I figured they're all well, and then you also have uh, with Jacob, who's also you know, obviously sort of some sort of specter, or you know. Comes in and out, so I'm guessing they're probably all dead. Somehow the island is some sort of creepy place for dead people. Yeah, that total that, that uh, part with Hurley was super cool when Jack goes to visit him in the mental institution, and he's like, he's like, you know that um, that I'm already dead, and like I talk to Charlie all the time, and he says there's a visitor coming for you. I'm like, oh, oh, this is good. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then the dad is coming back, and so you know, I mean, all these dead people are making appearances, so you got to figure there's some sort of dead thing tie-in. But also, just to be even more dorky and geeky, the uh, the guy the the guy that brought the dad to the island, Percy Wetmore from the Green Mile. You're right, sir. You are a retard. Uh, I know. I no, know. no, no offense. All right. Thank you, my friend. 
Thank you. All right, there you go. I mean, I'm really no one to point fingers, so. All right. It's 503-733-2970. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Radio Program. From the hills, CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Why? Hello, and how are you today? Well, hello to you. Uh, how's life? How are things? Life is good. I just finished a lovely banana. It's a, what can I, what can I say? <laughs> really? Nothing beyond that? That does say it all. Ugh. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't, I don't even. I don't even know. I don't even know where to. St- I don't even know what's going on anymore. No, I can. I can veer us horribly off course. Uh, that really is a relative statement, given uh, the rather, uh, relative, uh, relatively fractured nature of the show, and even the best of days. But go ahead. There's, there. Of course, there's a lot of news we can talk about, and I can get to it. But I, I actually was speaking with Tyler, and we were talking about something else, and I said, "Hey, I have to tell you this thing that uh, Rick Emerson and I did with Dan, because they've now switched shifts. Tyler's in the afternoon. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, and I told him the whole, you know, how you conveyed to Dan that I was using too many Melrose Place references to see how quickly he would convey it to me, which was instantly. And then I told Tyler, and then, you know, I told Dan that Rick was, you know, emphasizing the Frenchness of my name too much. And he said, wait, wait a minute, that, that actually went up the chain. Like that, we had a major discussion in the radio newsroom, apparently, about uh, concern that uh, perhaps your name was being maligned by the Rick Emerson show. You are kidding me. I am not kidding you he started laughing he's like you're kidding me you made that up i said yeah i completely made that up that is fantastic what so when you say not fantastic if they take her away from us dude oh i wouldn't take it there's nothing that could interfere this is an unbreakable chain um but i mean when you say it went up the chain it was discussed in in the cnn like in the newsroom what does that mean exactly it went went from dan to tyler who is his supervisor right right above tyler is harley and then above harley is sort of my big boss, Jerry, and it and it went to Jerry. So Jerry knows my name now. Oh well, I think he's known your name for a while. <laughs> I don't think that is the twist here. Okay, that's but, what... but apparently it really brought up this whole wow. Do what do we? And Tyler said that he he was the one who said, guys, this is not a big deal. This is just you know this is going to blow over. You know whatever. Just say something nicely to Rick. It's you know they're not. Rick Emerson, apparently, he, he quoting himself, said, Rick Emerson is no Howard Stern. He's not, you know, mean and nasty to people. <laughs> so, I, you know, for better or for worse. And But apparently, Tyler's like, you've got to be kidding me that that was a joke because it was a major discussion, apparently. What, we, don't, we don't want KCMD getting crazy. We don't want them, you know, brutalizing our correspondents. I don't want them going off the reservation. Going off the reservation. And, of course, the, the irony is that that is a thing that you started. Really, that is a thing that had its genesis with it, it, it cut whole cloth from the imagination of Lisa Desjardins. <laughs> so, really, I mean, and what's interesting is that the thing that I said, like, apparently nobody cared about. My, my observation about it, she's making too many Melrose Place references or too many syllables or whatever. That that apparently just dissipates uh, like uh, like so much mist into the wind. Right, but apparently the the name they're sensitive for me. For All right. Name. Well, there was a bit of a I would the, the, the saga of the name had you know did stretch for quite some time. It's why, it's why I felt like it might work for that exact reason. So then the question is then... Ha- oh, and actually, apparently Tyler may be listening now because he just top-lined me and said, we were all in the same room when Dan asked me about it. That's Hello. a little weird. Hello, Tyler. That's a little weird now. We're having sort of a disembodied conversation with Tyler. This is this is really, wow, this has taken it to a, a whole new height. Uh, Tyler. I barely knew her. So then the question is... Uh, <laughs> then the question is... Tyler, remember the lesson of that... Now that I know Tyler's listening, of course, 
is that Dan really did stick up for me. Well, and so my question then is, he went to the mattress. And I and I take no uh, I take no uh, no per- there's no I have no emotional investment in this one way or the other. But then <laughs> is the, is the truth of the matter that it was just fabricated uh, wholly and solely by you? Has that also been passed all the way up the ladder, or is not this, so much? Is this one of those things where? Uh, and I honestly I felt like it was a collaboration. I honestly to this moment feel, feel like it was a collaborative effort. I honestly don't remember exactly how it started. But I remember Dan just had a quick react to something, and we were commenting on it, and uh, and then we wanted to see just how quickly he would pass on. This is exactly this is how like the newspaper slanders somebody on page one, and then the retraction is put on page D seventeen <laughs> by the grocery ads. Right in six points. <laughs> exactly. Point where where, um, where the lie can make it halfway around the world, while truth is still at home putting on its shoes. So this is apparently apparently I had thought it went up the chain, but apparently what Tyler has just messaged me is that. Jerry was there when Dan brought it up, so it wasn't like, oh, we've got to get get on the red phone. You know, I do like the feeling that that I can create ripples this easily. Really, that I that some sort of rift in the <laughs> CNN continuum can be caused by such a mild kerfuffle. Well, so. uh, this is the latest. I've <laughs> just gotten double messages. This is out of control. I've got an instant message from Tyler saying, "Hi, Rick. Jerry's listening too." Hey, Jerry. And then message from Jerry. You're fired. (laughs) (laughs) Bam. Oh. Going swimmingly. Set and match. The Iraq war budget. How about that? This is the best day ever. (laughs) I mean, less so for you. Uh, Well, all right then. Yeah, you don't want to. I I got unemployment. I've got Iraq war budget. I've got superdelegates. I've got uh, President Bush yucking it up. Uh, None of it, I guess, compares. To uh, uh, Jerry Demink now, now uh, through me, talking to you. You know what it is? Uh, this is uh, we're providing a little uh, a little network color. That's what this is right here. <laughs> it's all part of life's rich pageant, Lisa and uh, so. and Jerry and Tyler and I don't Jay Edgar Hoover and whoever else is listening in right now. Um, well, I, I actually did want to ask you. He yeah. says in a clunky transition that fools no one. I did really want to ask you about the Obama thing, though, only because. With, they keep saying that Obama is, is edging towards because he's at what two, what two forty or two thirty five or something to sort of close it. I know that I think Daily Kos had started putting up some sort of a ticker showing what he needs to do to seal it. It really depends on where you look for your numbers. Um, the, and you're talking about you're talking about overall here how many delegates he needs. Right. Right. Well. The numbers for delegates have changed. I th- I think he needs more like three hundred. That's that's where CNN is on on his count. But it's, it's, it is closing, and I think that one of the numbers to watch here is on superdelegates, and that's the story that actually you'll see on the prep sheet on Monday morning, that in January, Hillary Clinton had 100 more, literally 100 more superdelegates in her camp than Barack Obama did. Is it fair to say? Now it's, now it's down to 20, so he, he's caught up by that figure of 80. Is it is it fair to say that over the last uh, you know whatever thirty days five weeks something like that is it fair to say that that Barack Obama's candidacy has suffered a maybe if not significant amount a, certainly a not negligible amount of damage and then the question is is that coming has that damage been inflicted mm-hmm. by Hillary Clinton or by sort of Barack himself or a combination mm-hmm. of both right self inflicted wounds if you look at polling uh, that. Talks to talking to recent voters, in, especially voters in Pennsylvania. When asked, they said that they're they're saying that Reverend Wright, the Reverend Wright comments, are not influencing their votes. Uh, and if you look at the polling, it looks like what's happening is 
Hillary Clinton's numbers are not going up nationally. People are not jumping on board her truck, but they've jumped off the Barack Obama bandwagon. So this kind of schoolyard brawl really has added some bruises to both of them. And as you and I have talked about before, most people expected that from Hillary Clinton. They see her as a fighter. They see her as someone who is going to throw some punches. Barack Obama, he, he ran a very different campaign, and I think when he went more negative, uh, people who liked him became disenchanted and jumped off. In the most recent CNN poll, and of course we always talk about polls and uh, who knows exactly how accurate they are, but 6% of Democrats nationally said they don't like either Clinton or Obama. Now the McCain people are going to say, hey, that's great for us, we've got those folks. Well, it's too early. I just don't think those numbers are going to matter in November, but they do tell us that Democratic voters are unhappy with the way this fight has gone in the last few weeks, and the one who has probably lost the most up until this point is Barack Obama. It does sort of uh, underscore what I felt for a long time, though, which is that Hillary Clinton's polarization has already happened. The fact that you say that her numbers are, to some degree, uh, static, and yet his right. numbers, he has the sort of slow leak of support going on. And if I was Hillary Clinton, I'd be pointing at that and saying uh, that, that I may have X number of negatives, but at the same point, they're not, certainly not getting any higher. They just, the American people kind of cast their vote on me a long time ago, and the numbers are where they are. Whereas Obama is, you know, he's like a lifer after that has a you know, small puncture in it somewhere. However, this is why Indiana matters on Tuesday, because Barack Obama has a very good shot of winning in Indiana. It's neck and neck. Either one of them could win there. If he does win there, then it's almost sort of like the Red Sox winning the World Series in a, in a very small microcosm. He sort of shakes off all the naysayers who, who are trying to put out there that he's sliding downhill. And, and he can point to these superdelegates and say, listen, you can't do the math in a way. If he wins Indiana, he'll say the math is really at this point almost impossible for her if we want to end this thing you've got to vote for me and we've seen that in the last week that uh, in fact with the well-known superdelegate joe andrew who was a, a clinton appointee democratic national chairman uh he switched from clinton to obama because he said first of all this needs to end and and i think we've got to make these decisions now also i think hillary clinton could lose some support. I'm really interested to see how this goes on her gas tax idea because she really has gotten hit hard, uh, not just by Barack Obama, but by pretty much any economic expert and even Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, who has not chosen between Obama and Clinton, says the gas tax idea is, is a non-starter, that, that it isn't going to help people, that, that it really uh, may, in fact, just move money. If, if we take away the federal gas tax for the summer, that it's very possible, and we've seen this in the past, that oil companies, gas companies, would just raise the price of the pump anyway uh, because of the way supply and demand works. So I think Hillary Clinton is taking a little bit of a hit uh, for that idea at this point. And I don't know how much it's going to matter. But at this point, Rick, Indiana and North Carolina, really they matter most, for not for the delegates that come from those votes, but for how they influence the superdelegates. There's only uh, 300 or so superdelegates left. And as you say, Barack Obama, according to CNN's count, needs something like 290 and, in order to uh, get the nomination. And as we get ready to wrap this up, I just I do have to say that there was this, I was go I was going yeah. You know, there's there's this tantalizing there's this tantalizing moment though when Hillary started uh, saying how she wanted an un, an unmoderated full on Lincoln Douglas debate Douglas, yep. with Barack Obama, and it was tantalizing and frustrating at the same time because as much as it sort of makes my political glands salivate, and I realize what a horrible phrase that is, and I apologize. I also knew that it wasn't ever going to happen. So 
Be she, at one point, she said, on the back of a truck. Because, well, because Obama knows it would never, because she would destroy him. I mean, she would just shred him into tiny pieces in that in, in any sort of unmoderated forum. Uh, she would crush him, and he knows that. It, do, it does bring up, it does, Clinton versus McCain in a debate so different than Obama versus McCain. Right. Um, uh, different, and uh, I guess I guess now's the time that you might want to say farewell to Jerry and Tyler. Uh, to Jerry and Dan and Tyler and Lisa and Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea, <laughs> uh, and to Mrs. Calabash wherever you are. Uh, have a great weekend. Are you on uh, Monday? I will be here Monday. All right, fantastic. Until then, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you very soon. Guys. All, all right. right, thank Bye. you, Lisa, and you know everybody. And I'll bye. What a strange week it's been. This has been just the oddest week. It has been a strange week. Boy, how glad am I that I didn't go, hey, I got this cyber sex transcript from Richie Bristol. Who wants to hear it? Tyler? Should we read any more of it? Jesus. All right. Yes. Is this page four? Oh, God. I hadn't even looked at <laughs> page four. Can, I can't unsee it. The goggles, I was they just do on nothing. page three. All right. So there are... There... See, I don't even I don't even know how we should approach this. I don't either. It's like it's like we have gold like on our fingertips and we don't know what to do with it's it. It's like when you're really hungry and somebody brings you a huge wedge of cake and you have to fight off the urge to shove it all into your mouth mm -hmm. once. So we got four pages of Richie Bristol's cyber sex transcripts. I'm not going to look at page four. That's with, what I that's what I will give you. With a woman that turned out to be a man. Um, am I supposed to take my shirt off? Who said that? Richie. Yes. <laughs> all right. How about? Um, do you have body hair? <laughs> That's, um, that is Richie talking to Chrissy. Nope. Really? Yeah, Chrissy asked him. Who said this phrase, Sarah Dillon? And then we have to talk to Steve Kastenbaum. <laughs> Maybe somebody will be listening in on that call, too. How about this one? How did you get so big? Chrissy. Yes. Talking right, to Richie. Let me just do just one more. All right. Take your underwears off. <laughs> Not underwear. Underwears. Take your underwears off. That's, um, Richie. Oh, that's Chrissy. Ah! <laughs> Alright, does it say that he did, in fact, take his underwears off? Okay, it's hard to type while undressing. <laughs> Is it ever? Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, where these sorts of things undoubtedly happen all the time. Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. Hey, sometimes when I join your show in mid-topic, I just realize there's just no way I'm going to catch up. I have no idea what's going on. Well, here's the thing. It's going to be your option. It'll be dealer's choice here. Would you like us to put context to this? Would you like to know what we were talking about? Yes. Okay. Keep in mind you asked to hear about this. Um, so, Richie Bristol, uh, who is our intrepid uh, uh, PA here... Um, he uh, is is um, a user of and endorser for a matchmaking service that uh, hooks up American guys uh, with women in usually with women in Asian countries, um, and so which is you know a fine service and uh, we've had you know we, we've had the listeners have had great success with it and so forth. And Richie is a you know, guy he's just kind of started using it and he's an endorser for it, and so one of the steps that you you go through is that uh, they. They first have you introduced to some of the girls uh, via the Internet, and then, you, you know, you email or you talk online or you do a webcam thing or whatever. And the guy who runs this service, one of the things he apparently tells other guys is, look, you know, in every, in every basket of apples, there's always a few with a worm. So to speak, um, and it, it, you know, so be be careful because you know there's a you know there's occasionally a, a woman who's out for something that you're not out for, or that she's trying to hustle you, or maybe it's not what she appears to be. 
So Richie, of course, doesn't heed any of these warnings. And he comes in the other day talking about some, I hate to use this, some kind of hot encounter he'd had with one of these girls uh, via instant message where they'd had some long, intense, what did he call it? He'd, he'd uh, a cyber massage. <laughs> a cyber massage. Which yes. I think was really like, as Sarah put it, a cyber self-massage. Anyway, so Richie has all this like weird, long, hot cyber sex with this woman. And then he shows us the photographs of the woman. And it's a guy, man. It's a oh. guy. It's a dude. Like, there's there's no other way around it. I mean, you cannot gild the lily. There's no... I don't care how drunk you are, how much you squint, if you take off your glasses and stand in the other uh, room. It, it's a man. So, anyway... So God love Richie. He was actually he he sacked up and he brought he brought us in the transcript of this cyber sex conversation that he had with Christian who tried, who called himself Chrissy for the purposes Christian's of this. Christian's best girlfriend's name is George. Who says this for it in this yeah in this cyber sex conversation, Sarah? And so what Sarah and I are doing is we have four pages of apparently a seven page transcript. And I'm not going to the fourth page yet. I'm going to save that for later. He wouldn't bring in. He wouldn't show us the final three pages. But oh well, he has some. Uh... You know, he's got to retain some dignity. I he's think. got some sense of decorum. Well, yeah. okay, we'll do. We'll let. We'll let you guess at this one, Steve. So I'm going to give you a sentence from this cybersec transcript. You tell me uh, whether this was spoken by Richie or, or by this man pretending to be a woman. All right. All right. Who says the phrase? I'll be gentle. <laughs> That's Richie. Yes. No. 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 I'm sorry. No. I take it back. That was Chrissy. Really? I take it back. That was Chrissy. Wow. Okay, who says, I'm reclined in my computer chair? Oh, that's Richie. Yeah, that's that's a guy thing. That's because that, that, that has no sex appeal at all. A woman doesn't have a computer chair. Although, in this case, he's not really talking to a woman, so I guess it's anybody's guess. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Hold on a second. Let me, let's do one more here. Who says, and there are several O's at the beginning of this, who says, Ooh, that's hot, dot, 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 LOL. Richie. Steve? I don't know Richie well enough. Is he an LOL type of guy? Yeah. Well, yes, he is, because that was indeed Richie Bristol. So. Okay. Okay, who right. says, I like a good massage. Oh, that's Chrissy. <laughs> that is Chrissy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Does it frighten you that you're so good at this? Oh, it's pretty funny. Maybe, I, I, maybe you'd like to talk to Chrissy. We'll pass her information your way if you'd like. I guess I've read enough of these encounters in the newspaper, you know, when they Jesus. print the uh, the transcripts of them, that I that I can tell the, the man in the woman's line. The senator had no comment on the transcript. Right. Oh, all right. Jesus. Well, let's move. Hopefully Tyler and all those guys aren't listening anymore. Hi, Tyler. How you doing? I think Tyler is because he was uh, just about to call me. So, hey, Tyler, I'll be off in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> let's move. Let's move off of this. I, uh... We've been having sort of this ongoing conversation. It's been a weird week. I mean, yesterday we had this the May Day thing. There was all of these insane uh, protests. I don't know if it happened where you were, but up and down the West Coast, the ports were closed. We had truckers who got out on one of the highways here, and they just basically stopped traffic to sort of protest against high gas prices and talk about it. People don't really appreciate how much stuff has to get moved via truck. We had student uh, protests going on. There was an immigration protest, not only here, but also obviously in Los Angeles. Uh, the, the homeless guys camped out on the front steps of the Capitol. Um, and the thing that we have been talking about is how much it's sort of, it, 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 to some of us, anyway, feels like the 70s. There is this sort of vibe in the air that is very similar to what I remember living through in the 70s when we were deep in a recession. There were gas lines everywhere. My dad was buying locking caps for all of the gas tanks for our vehicles, and we were eating generic macaroni and cheese. So 
So I, I don't know when, because I'm not really bright about this stuff, I don't really know when a recession is actually happening. Like, does the government have to come out and say that a recession is happening? No. Uh, what has to happen is the Bureau of Economic uh, Research, Bureau of Economic, I might be getting that wrong. Hold on a second. I wrote it down the other day, and now I think, uh, the National Bureau of Economic Research, I did get it right. Uh, they actually define what uh, a, a recession is, and then they let the United States know when we're in one. And right now, it's, it really depends on which definition you're following, because the gross domestic product was uh, up, believe it or not, although very slightly, the last two quarters in a row. So that in its, of itself leads some analysts and the president to say we're not in a recession, even though some things, some sectors of the economy are doing poorly or in a slowdown, we're not actually in a recession. Other folks say, look, this is the, the quintessential recession. Prices are high on everything. Inflation is up. People are being laid off. Uh, prices of their property, uh, the value of their properties have, have, have plummeted. This is exactly what a recession is. So there's this debate over it. But the, the reality is that it's not the facts and figures that steer the market so much as does the uh, emotions involved with this and the word recession. So I was talking to a couple of um, uh, asset managers and advisors uh, the other day, and this guy, Stephen Lieb of Lieb uh, Corporate, um, uh, I'm getting their name wrong now, uh, Stephen Lieb um, Capital uh, Management was telling me, you know, sometimes even we get uh, caught up in all the emotions, the professionals, and we get carried away, and that's when you see these wild swings on Wall Street. Very often, emotions do take over. When you see these kinds of selling frenzies or buying frenzies, it's not led by the public, typically. It's usually led by the professionals. That scared me when he said that. Well, and somebody somebody once said, and this is pretty true, they said that a, a recession is when your neighbor is out of work, and a depression is when you and your neighbor are out of work. Uh, but it does it does pinpoint something that you were just talking about, where it is the perception of the economy uh, and the sort of emotional uh, baggage that that word has, and the way that it affects you know how people react to this. Yeah, and it's and the psychology of this is really interesting because uh, he and some other uh, financial advisors and asset managers were telling me that they actually feel more like therapists at times like this, and they have to coddle their clients yeah. uh, because people start getting so jittery. And uh, But the reality is, uh, if you take the financial sector out of the picture, if you take out the lenders and, and the housing market out of the sector, uh, some of them told me, you know, a lot of the economic indicators are actually kind of strong. Some of the companies have posted pretty good earnings. You know, Shell Oil Company and Exxon have both... <laughs> Both posted massive earnings. Behold, behold my surprise. Yeah, there you go. Oh, all right. Well, in any event, uh, big weekend ahead of you, Steve Kastenbaum. Oh, I just want to recover from the last two weeks of news. Oh, that's right. You were because you were like on the road constantly, just going hither and yon, as my mom would say. Yeah, and then this week we've had all this economic news, and it's just been a crazy couple of weeks. I don't know. Go home and lock the door and watch a marathon of something on TNT. I'm going to hope that Reverend Wright doesn't say anything controversial this weekend. <laughs> you should just send him a telegram asking him to stay home. Like, so please don't make any public appearances this weekend, okay? Just be please. Just, just sit at home and take a long bath or something. All right, my friend. Have a good weekend. We will talk to you next week, sir. Thank you. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. All right. All right, I think I should just finish the last page. I haven't read the last page. I mean, the, the, I mean, the last page that he for? gave us. Like what? I don't really know the there answer. There's nothing to, that. to wait for. All right. Well, let's just read okay, the. Let's should read we read? Together. Should we read the last page together in silence? Yes. All right. Well, let me just. Uh, Tonight's tonight. Don't. Uh, I was trying to find the. Uh, the music. Trying to find yeah, the yeah, Dexter yeah. sound. Uh, 
Just to just like to give us the extra that extra hint. I haven't flipped the page yet. All right. Okay, ready. We're now gonna read. You know he has to post this at some point. Uh, I'm now gonna read the final page of Richie Bristol's cybersex transcript. Okay. Wow. Get your towel ready. <sighs> Damn it, I'm getting lotion all over the place. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, fantastic. Tim Riley, have you news for us? Nothing as good as that. <laughs> I mean, really, it's all relative, I suppose. It's the Rick Everson Radio Program. We'll come back after this. Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Later on, we'll talk to Cena Radio Correspondent James Roop, Aaron Duran, and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Everson Show. Some things you can never unsee. I have been to the dark side. Are you nude? I have socks on. <laughs> oh, I like that. Use them later. Oh, I'm there too. Jesus. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program to the horror of everyone involved. It's 503-733-2970 in mere moments. Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Later on, James Roop. Aaron Duran, and we wheedle the final three pages of this horrifying transcript out of Richie Bristol. Is he printing them? Worth his weight in gold, and that's saying something, because he is kind of a he is kind of a Buddha-shaped man. Uh, let's uh, welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, KUFO Program Director Chris Paddock. Hello, sir. Hello. How you doing? Um, disturbed at the moment. So, did as I walked to the restroom, <laughs> it was one of those things where you just heard like a little fragment of the conversation as the door was yeah. open, and then it shut right. again. All I heard was Richie saying, no, look at, look at this photo right here. Doesn't that look like a girl? Which is like a variation on the conversation we have heard everybody. Really, really trying to justify the fact that he has been talking to a female online. Yes. Um, I heard, did, did you hear Paddock yelling down the hall? I heard you from in here. <laughs> yeah, it is a dude. There is no question. He's showing this. But, but look, if you didn't know that she, well, there might have been a question about her sexuality, you, what, what would you have thought about this first picture? I'm like, still, it's still a dude. And not a very attractive dude. No, she no looks like to the people there. No, she looks like, she looks like Trapjaw from the He-Man <laughs> cartoon, but yeah, like, right. but like with a wig. Right. Yes. Yes. She does have a giant squarish man head. It's huge. It's yeah. massive. And what's really frightening is as he pages down, there's like this weird transformation that is happening. And she's going from to become less and less of a female and more of a dude. <laughs> it's like a... It's the like apple, a there's the Adam's apple. Like a make-under. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yes. As every layer of cosmetic is stripped away. Like that program where they showed uh, the parents of children what would happen if their kid continued down the course of becoming an obese person. <laughs> totally. Completely ugly and a tooth uh, coming out of their skull. Okay. So, yeah, that is... Uh, they wanted your objective assessment. That's what they call a day brightener. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say that is there, a dude. But for the grace of God yeah, and, I, you know, good sense, <laughs> why you? Why I walked by his uh, his 
his office. It was meant to be. beyond me. It was, but I'm always entertained. Thank you, Thank Chris you, Paddock. Rick. Thank you, guys. All Chris, right. will I be seeing you at multiple shows this weekend as usual? Uh, yes, I will be. I'll be out there. Okay. Yes. I don't know where I'll be, but I'll be somewhere. Thank you. Chris Paddock, ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, your personal savior, ladies and gentlemen. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. This news is brought to you by Fox 12, the afternoon's biggest stories. News at 4, live and local on the scene. First with breaking news, covering stories you'll see only on Fox 12. When you want the whole story without the wait, the 4 o'clock news on Fox 12, Oregon. First, live, local, in the afternoon. Police have arrested the driver of a white 1990s Dodge van that drove off after hitting a pedestrian crossing Southeast Powell Boulevard and 28th Place at 3 this morning. Why would anybody be crossing the street at 3 in the morning? I think we know the answer to that. Where was this? 28th and Powell? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The man in his late 20s was uh, facing felony hit-and-run charges when he left the male victim clothing and debris in the street. The victim, a man in his mid-40s, hospitalized with severe head and back injuries. Uh, police located the van a short time later at Southeast 16th and Stark and found the driver less than two hours later. I do have to say that stretch of Powell is particularly dangerous because that 28th and Powell is right by... Uh, it's right by the, Cleveland High School is there, and then there's uh, a couple fast food. There's a McDonald's, and there's a, a, a Wendy's there, and it's right by the bowling alley. And there's this weird crosswalk that is, it, it doesn't look like there ought to be a crosswalk there. There is a crosswalk that suddenly kind of sneaks up on you and doesn't appear as though it's supposed to be there. And uh, there have been, I think, quite a few accidents and quite a few near misses uh, at that stretch of Powell because it, it seems to be designed really badly. Then a Vancouver man learned the hard way not to throw lit cigarettes from his car window. When 25-year-old Adam Staten was spotted by the Washington State Patrol, he allegedly uh, did just that on North Plain Boulevard, and the trooper tried to stop him. So he took off driving down side streets trying to lose the trooper. As speeds increased, the trooper ended pursuit and lost sight of him, but learned the address was nearby when he arrived. The trooper saw the man running into the house of the woman and child that had been in the front yard. Not knowing if they were hostages and fearing for their safety, he called in a SWAT team and surrounded the house. After about 90 minutes of negotiations, he surrendered without further incident. This after throwing a cigarette out the window. <laughs> Kids don't litter. However, he did have outstanding felony and misdemeanor warrants. This is Vancouver. Charged with eluding arrest, resisting arrest, and driving with a suspended license. Also, fined over $1,000 for throwing that lit cigarette out the window. Seriously, wouldn't it have been a lot easier just to put it in your ashtray? Man, mailman Chris got nailed for that, too. Really? For throwing a cigarette out? I think, uh, yeah, he wrote a uh, thing about it, a blog about it. I think it was like $2,000. Well, I don't, because, uh, I don't think throwing cigarettes out the window is piggy. That's, well, and dangerous, I would think. I would think that it's not littering as such. It's because you're throwing... I hate to point fingers, but really throwing like a, a flaming... A flammable object like, yeah, like a, into dry brush <laughs> that can start a fire. I mean, really, you would ask Jim Roop how that works out for people sometimes. So, I mean, he's always in the middle of those wildfires. So, if you throw something that is on fire out of your car, you're going to get a talking to, and then also a fining and so forth. Especially in the coup, they'll follow you right to your house. Yeah, I mean, they got nothing better to do. So, A man had his shoes stolen when he was attacked at the Mac stop at Northeast 82nd and Halsey... At 6.15 last night, and it was early. 6.15, you're not even safe there then. The two attackers were arrested, but police are still investigating. That's there to investigate. The victim was hospitalized after the incident. It's unknown if uh, he got his shoes back. And then there was, there was a shooting last night. Yeah, I got that night, one, too. An innocent bystander shot at the 162nd Transit Center in Gresham. There was an argument that escalated into gunfire, as things often do out there. 
And an innocent bystander was wounded on the platform at 7.45. So these aren't that late. The first one is at 6.15. The other is at 7.45. So it doesn't have to be late night to get killed on the max anymore. It's, it's like having some it's sort of... early shift. <laughs> it is the early crime shift on the max. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. <laughs> It's like one of those fast food restaurants that suddenly announces that their drive-thru is open all the time. So violence at Mac stations is now a 20, it's like a daylight savings type thing. It's, a, it's an all-day affair. So anyway, as you can see, you're doing a great job over there, Brownie, <laughs> running the Max. It's very safe. And they wonder why people are complaining about the price of gas. Who wants to be taking the and, Max and anywhere? They're expanding the Max to bring more of these murderers in. <laughs> From the other area oh, where people aren't being killed yet. I long for a good gang raping. Let's go ride the max. Jesus. Maybe you are. Well, I'm not saying that I... <laughs> it really did sound like you were asking for it. I'm just saying, if really, if you if you don't absolutely have to uh, to be like in that neck of the woods, really, just uh, just avoid it. Stay home and read a good book. huh? Why don't you do that? Yeah. Just ask him to be stabbed with a screwdriver. Like Little Baghdad. <laughs> when you get around the Lloyd Center, moving your way east. <laughs> I mean, it's 6.15 in the evening. Mm -hmm. Reasonable people are still having dinner so at that 6 time. at 6.15, he was round of his shoes. <laughs> well, at least, by the time they were done the investigation, the shoe stores were still open. <laughs> so you could go pick out another pair. So he was able to go steal the shoes from somebody mm -hmm. else. Uh, all right. It yeah. does. It is, by the way, indicative of uh, of maybe that part of our fair city that really the shoes were the most expensive thing they could possibly find to steal. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, here's Tim Riley. I'm telling you. Well, two people have been arrested after uh, police raided what they called at a low and nuisance house. It was filled with trash. <laughs> They've been in this home 45 times in the last year. <laughs> Not only are they filling it with trash, <laughs> a nuisance house. Mm -hmm. They also arrested a 21-year-old Jesse Jordan for selling marijuana and his mother, Diane. Selling marijuana and his mother? Yeah. No. And his oh. mother. <laughs> I was like, buy, buy, buy three ounces, get my mom for a day. Well, she had previously been arrested for assaulting Jordan in order not to have contact with him. So Who's I, Jordan? Her son. Who's Jesse? Jesse Jordan is her son. Oh, I see. Jesse Sorry. Jordan. He okay. has first name, last name. All right. His mother, Diane was previously arrested for assaulting Jesse in order not to have contact with him. So maybe he figured if he filled the house full of trash, he'd have a harder time finding him. <laughs> They've been to the house how many times? Uh, let's see, 45 times in the last year. The house is one of the dirtiest they've ever seen. <laughs> well done. There's garbage inside and outside, and people living in a... Since there's no room to live inside, the people have to live in a, sh a small shed and a tent in the backyard. <laughs> Can't we sleep over again? I mean, I never had so much fun doing this job before I moved here. Can we sleep in the house? No, no, no. That's where we keep the trash. Where we keep the trash. <laughs> if if you try to sleep on the bed, where are we going to put the glad bags? You have a choice. You can either sleep in the small shed or the tent. If Let's you sleep throw in the small shed, for it. you, you got to share it with the mule. <laughs> Don't sleep in the backyard, though. Might be a holdup. They'll steal your shoes. <laughs> Seriously, how... I don't even understand how this situation would come to exist. That your Why house, not, you have. <laughs> that your house is so full of trash. You actually have to. Here's, geez, okay, I gotta get a hold of myself. Here's what I don't understand. I can explain this all step I don't by step. Anything. Um, so they've been in this house 45 times in the last year after complaints. <laughs> but I don't understand. And, with all this trash, they managed to find a half pound of pot. 
Don't ask me how. <laughs> it's one of the dirtiest houses they've ever seen. I don't understand. They can't be bothered to take out any of the trash, mm-hmm. but they're willing to go through the work of building a tent in the backyard right. to sleep in. Mm-hmm. So it's not that they're averse to work. They took the time to build a freaking tent in the backyard to sleep in. Just take out a bag or two. It's too late. (laughs) It's just too late. Wow. Do they rent or own? I believe they own the owner of the house, Ernest Johnson, was cited but not taken into custody. All these people have different names. (laughs) They're all related. Isn't that the way it always is? Yeah, I was going to say, that's not really surprising to anybody. They all have different names, but they're all related. (laughs) Oh... Oh, man. I love Oregon. <laughs> so I great. really do. I could never leave and find stories this entertaining. <laughs> oh, man. That's fantastic. I hope... Box 12. There are photos of it. I hope that there's pictures they put in the paper. Oh, wait. What is that of? Is that of the inside? Please tell me it's the inside of the house. It looks like the inside of the house. It's kind of hard to tell. It, it, <laughs> looks, like, it, it looks like a pickup truck overflowing into a house. <laughs> I love this place. Oh, I really do. I never regret moving here. <laughs> I've never had this much fun doing this. <laughs> it's like some horrible horn of plenty. It really is. <laughs> Just overflowing, overflowing with uh, with uh, with rednecks, mm-hmm. <laughs> rednecks, and stories that stagger the imagination. Sign box twelve. Slideshow. More photos of the house. <laughs> Big slideshow. Oh, I'm headed there right I'm now. Crash in oh. the house. Box twelve. I'm gonna go there. So everybody go there. Box twelve. Is a nuisance house... Well, they have quite a few. Is nuisance house a legal distinction, do you suppose? Is that a classification the law actually has? Uh, or is that just sort of like... It, well, they've been called here 45 times. 44 is, you know, that's... that. will let that slide. Not 45, though. Is this what greets you when you come into the front yard? Jesus. Look at that. Oh, that's fantastic. And there's a dog there walking around, too, with a big smile on its face. <laughs> of course. Well, that's, you know, that dog is... That dog's in clover. Wait, okay, here we go. Oh... Here's a pic. Oh, what's in the back of this pickup more, truck? More photos of house raid. Look at the back of the. It looks like there are human remains. <laughs> well, I wouldn't. Back. I wouldn't rule it out quite yet. Uh, okay, I'm Have looking. They sifted through everything in this house. There are 15 photographs. Okay, I'm looking at. Well, this there, doesn't even look like a house. I mean, this looks like some lumber that somehow ended up in a pile. Well, this is my favorite thing. There's a there's a shotgun hanging up on a wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's genius. Oh. Yeah, the, the dog couldn't possibly be happier. You're right about that. Uh, I see a keyboard and a corkscrew <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> I'll take random items, probably only one of which was ever used uh, for a thousand. Yeah, <laughs> there's this. It's a picture of a shotgun. Oh. A, chair, a chair with three legs. And it looks like the cushion's been eaten away by the dog. And by the way, there there's antifreeze. And if you look carefully, you'll see that that shotgun isn't on the wall. That shotgun is laying on the floor. Oh. Because those are feet right in front of it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that shotgun is just laying on the ground, uh, fully loaded. Oh, I see some M&Ms. <clears throat> there are some M&Ms on the table. Oh, wow. Jesus. I'm looking at this breakfast cereal they've got right here. That's no good. That's a breakfast of champions, all right. All right. Oh. Jesus God. So they could just burn it down <laughs> in a training exercise. <laughs> and and, they and ought to. Uh, there's a there's a, a window that is entirely broken out being covered by a camouflage sheet. Of course. Classy. Of course. And the, the kitchen has a plywood floor. Of course it does. The kitchen is beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Well, There's fantastic. a duck hunting hat. <laughs> Why wouldn't there be, Tim? Oh, man. 
Well, uh, apparently okay. they have mopped the floor at some point because there is a, a bucket with a mop in it. Yeah. I don't know how long ago it was done. I, I don't know. I don't what know. Is stuff up? I don't it's know that Southwest that, Blanton Street. I don't know that that bucket can be removed from the floor. Ugh. Jesus God. All right. I love Oregon. So let's go to Medford now, where a man is in the hospital and another remains in jail on more than a million dollars bail over a dispute over a model airplane. 48-year-old Gregory Dean Hutt was flying his radio-controlled plane when 33-year-old Jeffrey Michael Hobson walked up to him, punched him in the face, kicked him, and knocked out six teeth. Hobson jumped on his bike and pedaled away while Hunt got into his Chevy Tahoe and drove after him. Hunt allegedly then swerved to hit Hobson and pin him and his bike against the fence and then drove away. Hobson was taken to the hospital with a badly broken lower leg and cited him released on charges of fourth-degree assault and first-degree criminal mischief. Hunt was hospitalized and treated for facial injuries, then jailed on second-degree assault. His bail set at a million dollars. All right. Uh, by the way, I'm just looking at I'm looking at some additional I'm looking at some additional photos of this. There's somebody I'm looking at this on at uh, looking at this photograph at, at Fox 12, mm-hmm. and it, there's there appears to be. Okay, this is this is great. This is actually a whole different thing. There's somebody who appears to be wearing a Freddy Krueger uh, sweater in one of these photographs. I'm seeing if I can get the um, our our uh, our internets uh, are going a little uh, a little slowly today. Aren't they? I'm trying to. I'm seeing if I can get this. Uh, I'm seeing if I can get this Fox 12 thing to play here. Um, our uh, our network here at CBS is is not going as 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 uh, quickly as it might ideally. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get this to go. Did you see this? this there's another great story right next to it though. Um, it says cell phone. Guess what? The, guess what the new problem for teenagers is, Tim? Cell phone texting. So no, no, okay, but see, but no, 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 but they've, they've given it their, they've given it the twist. Cell phone sexting is a problem, Tim. <laughs> Children are apparently sexting on their on their cellular telephones. I like that. Uh, all right, excellent. You can find out more about that at uh, Fox 12. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, Jason Biggs doesn't need pie anymore. He's married actress Jenny Molin. They eloped last week. Uh, the newlyweds uh, want to take in this moment without any distraction. They're supposed to have a big bash in July. Did you really lead off this story by saying he doesn't need pie anymore? That's correct. He's married a woman named Jenny Molin. <laughs> they eloped last week. They want to take advantage of this moment without any distractions. I'm sure she'll be happy to know that she's replacing pie. <laughs> That's what every girl dreams of, Tim. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where we're going now. Uh, how about a double hick watch? Why not? Here's a double hick watch for Friday. Copenhagen makes me feel good. Copenhagen, way I know it should. Well, I put a little chew in my mouth, go spitting, slobbering all around the house. Copenhagen makes me feel so good. Oh, yeah. So we go to Jacksonville, Florida. Where? Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. I don't even have it in front of me. Where a Central Florida man's Confederate flag prompted a free speech battle with his employer, who doesn't want it displayed on company property. The flag is attached by Bobby Tillett's pick-em-up truck that he drives to work every day. Because his employer has banned the flag from the parking lot, Tillett is forced to park far away from his job. Now, he works for BJ's Wholesale on Pritchett Road. A <laughs> uh, management confronts me and tells me politely, if you won't take the flag off the truck, no, I would like you to take the flag off the truck, he said, no, I won't. Uh, Tillett said his managers told him if he didn't remove the flag, he couldn't park in the employee lot. 
So he says, quote, I'm a firm believer it's not about winning or losing, it's about right or wrong. So he decided to park on public property a mile and a half and walk to work. Uh, he says it takes him about 10 minutes to walk to the job, but it's worth it. It's about heritage, it's about pride. Of course. I don't look at it much different than the American flag. It, there's been a lot of blood spilled over that flag, too, and I love the flag. I'll fly it till the day I die. <laughs> and when it's on Pritchett Road, you know that it's actually it's old Pritchett Road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gold. Uh, Till it says none of his co-workers have told him they dislike the flag. He says most people support him, of course. And he plans on keeping that uh, Confederate flag flying, even if it costs him his job. I'm standing by my guns or my flag. <laughs> that's, that's my flag, Tim. Uh, then Texas cops bust a man for trying to cash a check for $360 billion. Uh, Charlie Ray Fuller uh, is a 21-year-old Texas man. He was arrested for trying to cash a $360 billion check, saying he wanted to start a record business. Tellers at the Fort Worth Bank were immediately suspicious. <laughs> really? Perhaps... The ten zeros on the personal <laughs> check tipped them off. He's been arrested on a forgery charge. He was released on $3,000 bail. <laughs> well, can he pay for that with a check? I suppose so. <laughs> uh, Fuller said his girlfriend's uh, mama gave him the check to start a record business, but bank employees who contacted the account's owner said... cash the check for $350 billion. Mama told him he, she didn't give him permission to take that or cash a check. In addition to the forgery charge, he's uh, charged with unlawfully carrying a weapon and possessing marijuana. <laughs> He found uh, two ounces of it and a 25 caliber handgun and magazine in his pocket. If you take, if you, why don't we move all these people in together? If you, if you cash that, cash that 360 billion dollar check. Mama won't have much left for the rent. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> There's your double hick watch. I've got some video of the trash house. Maybe they'll save it for Halloween. <laughs> so, okay, so I've got this. This is uh, the trash house. <laughs> Welcome to the trash house. Uh, so I have this now from uh, from Fox 12 Oregon. Uh, oh, well, let me see if I can get this. Um... They're a wonderful sponsor, you know. Yes, they you are. Your 4 o'clock news. It's first live and local in the afternoon. All right, let me... Uh... I can get this to play. They're on the scene first with the breaking news. Are they ever, Tim? Yes, they are. All right. Let's see if I can... I just... Oh, I guess maybe I need to... This is... I had this... I had... Hello, woman and her... Oh, come on! ...behind bars tonight after drug detectives raided their house early this morning. Deputies say that Jesse Jordan was dealing marijuana from the home on Southwest Blanton Street, and it's a familiar spot. Cops have been to that house 45 times in the last year. They look like a pair of winners. Well, this is an evidence photo the deputies gave us of a half pound of marijuana that they say they found inside that home. How did they find it? I have no idea. ...conditions that they have ever seen. Now, this raid was no real surprise for neighbors, but the homeowner tells me that he feels like he's just caught in the middle. Oh, wait, so here's the... Here's, here's, here's the homeowner. Oh, my God. <laughs> The homeowner is, uh, he's uh, an interesting looking person. Let's, uh, let's move, move on. Looks like some sort of, it's like if you took the skull of Burl Ives and then, 
Johnson admits the junk piled around his property is dirty and unsightly, but he denies that drugs are being produced here, and he feels the police raid was overkill. There's no grow operation. There's no mess lab. Detective stormed in. How would you possibly know what's in this house and what isn't in this house? The home this morning and arrested 21-year-old Jesse Jordan. They say he's been dealing he looks like out trouble. of the house and they found a half pound of it inside. But Johnson says he's in the dark about the whole thing. I don't want to know if he's dealing drugs. Oh, <laughs> of course not. You don't want to know? No. Even if it's on your property? I... I tell people it's going to be this way and this way and this way, and it, it just does not work out. <laughs> because that house, is, that house is in such a demand, people are stopping by every day wanting to rent it. We can't keep it on the market. It's, it's the Beverly Hills of Aloha. <laughs> what does that even mean? I tell them it's going to be this way, this way, this way, and it just doesn't work out. That is kind of the story of my life. Oh man! Oh no, I've I've gotten it back to the beginning somehow. Uh, all right. I think I've I think I've I think I've done. Oh, here we go. <laughs> they say he's been dealing pot out of the house. Bless and you, found Sarah. A half pound of it inside, but Johnson says he's in the dark about the whole thing. I don't want to know if he's dealing drugs. You don't want to know. No. Even if it's on your property. I. <laughs> I tell people it's going to be this way and this way and this way, and it, it just does not work out. <laughs> Clearly. Obviously, you take a walk in the house. Get their drugs and drive on. Neighbors say they've seen traffic come and go for years, and several yes. homeless people live outside. Deputies <laughs> shot this video That's of because a tent room in the backyard <laughs> surrounded by mounds of debris. And inside, waist-high garbage fills up several rooms. Cops say they've put pressure on Johnson to improve the property, but neighbors say it is not working. Well, what surprises me is that the cops have had 45 calls to that house, and, and it still goes on. I have to put part of the blame of that on the cops. Why aren't they doing their job? Deputies also arrested Diane. Wow. Wow, that mom is really, uh, she's really attractive. She's obviously not a very good housekeeper. <laughs> no. Maybe the maid's out sick. Uh, sorry, you'll have to forgive me. My girl's on vacation. Wow. All right. I love living here. Here's, I do, too. Here's Tim Ryan. Let's do one more. We'll take a break. Where did all these people originally come from? I don't know. I think they were chased out of the East Coast <laughs> and, and herded into this area and told nothing. I think they escaped from sewers, really, to be frank. I think... <laughs> <laughs> I have never ever lived anywhere <laughs> living that had people like. living deep in a sewer below old New York. All right, oh, here's man. Tim Riley. Well, okay. Well, let's talk about cleanliness, shall <laughs> yeah, we? Can we? Some computer keyboards carry more harmful bacteria than the toilet seat. <laughs> Bristol. Out of 33 keyboards swabbed, swabbed, were regarded as a potential health hazard, and one harbored five times more germs than one of the office's toilet seats. A microbiologist ordered the worst keyboards to be so dirty he ordered them to be removed, quarantined, and cleaned. I have at least 150 times recommended the limit for bacteria, five times as filthy as a toilet seat. Uh, Dr. Wilson a biologist at University College in London, is sharing a keyboard that could be passed on among office workers. If you look at what grows on computer keyboards, uh. and hospitals are worse, believe it or not, it's more or less a reflection of what's in your nose and in your gut. Say should somebody have a cold in your office, or uh, even some uh, gastric illness, you're lucky to pick it up from the keyboard. 
which computer editor Sarah Kidner advised? It's a, it's a spring cleaning. Well, it's quite simple. Prevent your computer from becoming a health hazard. <laughs> done and done. I don't like the idea that anything's growing on my computer keyboard. By the way, if you look really, if you look really closely at this trash house, there's a shot where there's one of those Christmas house. tree air fresheners hanging up. <laughs> there's an air freshener hanging on the well, that on might the have, wall. That, that might have cut down on some of the complaints from the neighbors. Well, otherwise, it'd be 50 complaints, Tim. Oh. Is there a water hanging in my? <laughs> Damn, man. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back after this. If you're on hold, stay there. We'll uh, we'll come back. Uh, take some phone calls after this. More from Tim Riley later on. Jim Roop and Aaron Duran. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Emerson Radio Program. 503-733-2970. I was trying to find Richie. I was trying to find you. I'm like, hey, you know you have a radio show. All right. right. Hello. <laughs> it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming by. Later on, we have a CNN Radio Correspondent, uh, James Roop, who will be uh, joining us. I want to find one. find a reporter who is in the house. That's my thing. I'm going to try to track down somebody because they have clearly they were in there just having to endure the stenches they filmed. So uh, we'll try to contact them, see if we can get somebody on. Hi, uh, and uh, whatnot. All right. Anyway, hi, hello. It's the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Jim Roop coming up later. Aaron Duran. This, however, is Tim Riley. A Japanese civil servant has been demoted for logging more than 780,000 hits on pornographic websites in his office computer over the span of nine months. The number of hits were dis- discovered on his computer's internal log. It was so high uh, because one click to certain types of pornographic sites registers multiple hits. Uh, despite his frequent porn viewing, none of his colleagues noticed his activities. Apparently, they were conducted throughout the workday. Each desk is set apart from each other. <laughs> The man's supervisors discovered his extensive uh, porn site visits after his computer became infected with a virus, prompting officials to examine his web browser history. Along with his demotion, he received a $190 a month pay cut. By the way, I'm, I'm just looking, I'm looking at this here. Um, I'm just looking at the trash house stories. The trash house. <laughs> Continue to come in. Um, I'm just watching more of this video they have, and it's just the worst, best thing ever. <laughs> but this this guy really nails it when he says... It looks like something out of a Michael Moore film. <laughs> Pets are meat. Um, Rick, the owner of the trash house who states, I tell people it's got to be like this and this and this and this, but it just never ends up working out, sounds like the best landlord in the world. He takes it as a fact that apparently you have to be a drug dealer in order to live in Aloha. His statement that the police need to do their job sounds like he has no idea that he can actually set standards. You know, like say you can't deal drugs at his house. Don't feel like paying for that expensive garbage service? Just pile it outside your house or even waste deep in the house. Never mind that rental contract. Feel free to sublet your lawn and sheds to the homeless. Have problems with the law? I'm powerless to stop you from living on my property, so do as you wish. And he says, by the way, Nuisance House sounds like the title of a 1980s frat movie. Does it ever. Nuisance House. <laughs> Here's Tim Riley. See, so a skip school, as many kids do. <laughs> You're home alone. And all of a sudden, a burglar breaks into your house. You're lying in bed, pretending you're sick when you're not. 
And then you hear people enter the house asking if any is anybody there? That's what happened to this young lady in Columbus, Ohio. Lauren Dunbaugh says she ran to her room to hide under the covers and then sent her mother a frantic text message. Mommy, oh my God, I'm scared. I think we're being robbed. I'm hiding. Help me. That's creepy. Mm -hmm. So uh, the mom called 911 and raced home to find the robber still in the house. My instinct was to stop her. So I got out and that's when I was pushed against the wall. So at one point she's hiding under the covers and the robbers are sitting on her bed. Wait, I'm so confused. Who was that just speaking? The mom. Who pushed whom? Who pushed who against the wall? She pushed one of the burglars against oh, the wall. Oh, I see. Okay, good for her. She's a tough mom. Well done, mom. Good for you. So apparently they caught Don't mess with mom. The Rick Emerson Show salutes you, ma'am. Don't mess with mom. Uh, so Barack Obama appeared on the uh, Letterman Show last night and read the show's top ten list. He had a personal interest in the list as the subject was the top ten things you didn't know about Barack Obama. When I tell my kids to clean their room, I finish with, I'm Barack Obama, and I approve this message. <laughs> <sighs> he talks about the Sex in the City movie. I have canceled all my appearances the day the Sex in the City movie opens. Yeah, me too. I'm with you, buddy. He wonders what's going on with Paula Abdul. This has nothing to do with the top ten. But what the heck is up with Paula Abdul? Yeah, exactly. That's what I, exactly. That's what it's bad. That's what we're talking about. That's called being topical right mm. there, Tim. He's in touch with the average American. Yes. Uh, LAPD say they've arrested Dennis Rodman for allegedly hitting a lady in Century City. Spokesman Richard French said the former NBA bad boy was taken into custody at a hotel along the Avenue of the Stars. It was about 10.15. Police were called out to investigate a dispute during the investigation. Doesn't this guy sound like he, like he would rather be doing any job at this? Injuries to her arms. He's an actor, really. was taken into custody and arrested for domestic violence, and then later he was released on bail. Well, I was reading in the latest uh, edition of the CBS magazine that there are a lot of uh, cops there writing movie scripts, and some of them sold them. Really? Yes, it was. You have to read this one. Dave Zinn has a whole stack of them upstairs. Oh, you know, and I did. You know what I meant to do? I meant to. Speaking of, I don't even know how I just put this together in my head. Oh, cops and scripts and CSI. I was thinking about CSI because CSI is one of those shows I, I, I really do feel like I should watch. Apparently, the MythBusters guys uh, made a cameo on CSI last night. Uh, so I guess there was some there was some guy who was tased and got set on fire while being tased. And so at one point the MythBusters guys made a cameo where they were trying to figure out how the tasing set the guy on fire. So no, can you, that guy right there sounds so much uh, like he would rather be at home with his feet up on an ottoman. Uh, just you know, I'd much rather be at home watching Trading Spaces. So just has such contempt for the fact that he has to be there doing that job. Ten fifteen, police were called out to investigate a dispute. Uh, it woke me up. Police did learn that Rodman had hit a woman who suffered injuries to her arms. Rodman was taken into custody and arrested for domestic violence, and then later he was released on bail. Please, you must have a reservation. That's that guy. All right. Um, let's see. What have we? Uh, what have we got here? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hi. Hey. Was that uh, that? Drug dealer with the trashy house in a Al alleged drug dealer, sir. His name was Jesse Jordan. Well, that's the story claims. I went to high school with him. All right, thank you. No, the man was a valedictorian of his class, as we have heard. <laughs> These are all allegations, sir. I'm sure that you know we don't want to be smirch any. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, Rick, thanks for taking my call. Hey, when you get uh, Jim Roop on the line, you should ask him about that Rodman story. Um, Avenue of the Stars. There's only two hotels on that street. One's the Century Plaza, and one is the, um, gosh, the Hyatt. Ask him which one of those two hotels he was in. 
Okay, so is that true? There are the only two hotels right there? Uh, yes, that's true. Avenue of the Stars is uh, uh, right between. It's a, it's a street that connects Pico Boulevard and uh, Santa Monica Boulevard, and there's nothing but, you know, high-rise office buildings and two hotels. A Excellent. big, beautiful Hyatt and the Century Plaza. Both of them are really beautiful hotels. But, uh, yeah, I thought it'd be kind of interesting because I'm kind of familiar with that area. All right. Duly noted. We'll, uh, we'll inquire about it, sir. Love your show. Love it. Thank you. Too much one of those people who talk to I don't know what happened there at the end of that. All right. He kind of, he sounds like that guy that's a, he sounds like that guy that calls Donna Mike every night and goes, great show. Love the sports talk number one fan. Thanks so much. Here's Tim Riley. A Virginia man has been killed by a Civil War cannonball. More than 140 years after Lee surrendered to Grant, the cannonball was still powerful enough to send a chunk of shrapnel through the front porch of a house a quarter mile in the leafy Richmond suburb. Maybe it was just a really well-done reenactment. You see, this uh, fellow Sam White uh, collected cannonballs and <laughs> military <laughs> as men are wont to do. <laughs> Well, White was killed while trying to disarm a 9-inch, 75-pound cannonball. Of course. Well, he was using a drill or a grinder attached to a drill to remove to remove grit from the cannonball. Wait, is this a Darwin watch? I suppose it is. Well, here's your, we'll just do it again for the top one in like two days. It's just that good. Had he lived over here, probably would have lived in the junk house. <laughs> well, it feels like they had room. All right, here's your... My heart just stopped. Ah, there it goes. Here's your Darwin watch. So White was killed trying to disarm a 9-inch, 75-pound cannonball. A particularly potent explosive with more a complex fuse and many times the destructive power of those used by the artillery. Uh, because of the fuse design, it may have appeared as though the uh, weapon's powder was already removed, but it was not. Uh, the weapon also had to be uh, waterproof because it was designed to skip over the water 600 miles an hour <laughs> and strike enemy ships. <laughs> oh... So he's either using a, a drill or a grinder. Or he's trying to remove grit from this cannonball, which was used to sink ships. <laughs> Wait, let me, just, let me just jam this grinding implement into it over and over and over again. Well, he was an expert on such things, of course. as he told many of his friends. <laughs> Watch this. Yes, it was designed to skip over the water 600 miles an hour. So he's probably holding the thing in his lap. Oh, man. I, in, my head, in, my, in my head, he's holding the cannon, and he's just... He's got his face, he's looking, no, 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 hold on, I think I, just his face looking right down into it, as he's just jamming like a stick into it or something. So here's what Barber said, from what I was told, there was absolutely nothing he had done wrong. <laughs> no, it, it was a manufacturing defect. <laughs> Sounds like he did everything right. Uh, after the blast, about two dozen homes were evacuated for two days, while explosive experts collected pieces from his collection and detonated them. So he had more than one there. Well, today there's very little evidence of the blast, <laughs> or of him. Uh, his garage, where he did most of the work, is still crammed with his discoveries. Painstakingly restored and mounted. Rusted horseshoes are piled high in a corner tree. Horseshoes in which there was no luck. A white digging partner, Fred. 
hasn't had the heart to return to his relic hunting. I truly miss him. Never does a day go by when I don't think of Mr. White and his cannonballs. There you go. The end. All right. Detectives said it was one of the dirtiest houses they had ever seen. All oh, right. by the way, on the day he died, there were 18 cannonballs lined up being ready to be restored in his driveway. <laughs> <laughs> so he died in, like, one of 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, where was this at? Uh, Virginia. Of course. All right. Fantastic. All right. It's 503 733 5033 Here's Tim Riley. Well, there seems to be growing anxiety everywhere over soaring food prices. Uh, these, these foods are being examined by Congress. Uh, opening a hearing, New York Democrat Chuck Schumer called it a growing crisis that's causing paychecks to shrink even further. The prices families are paying to fill up their shopping carts go up and up and up. While we've been cringing at gas stations as gas prices have more than doubled since 2001, now it's a double whammy. Schumer. I barely knew her. Uh, it was either that or a double whammy joke, but I... The trial of a man who allegedly used an excavator to strike his neighbor in a fatal blow near the groin to end their long-standing feud <laughs> has begun in Carnes Superior Court. I'm sorry, is it just me? Roy Francis Bird, a Mariba, <laughs> oh, no, which is no, west of Carnes. No, hold on. Please stop. Everything stop for a moment. In where? Mariba. <laughs> Which is west of Carnes. I thought Mariba was what Speedy Gonzalez said. Well, he pled not guilty to the manslaughter in the rural uh, the rural county there. Is it just me? Am I? Now, Smith is a water plant grower. He died of complications from severe bladder, pelvic, and groin injuries after being struck twice with a metal bucket, swung from a 12-ton excavator. <laughs> what is wrong with this world? In his opening submission, the prosecutor read from a transcript in which Bird told police... Uh, the pair's conflict, unfortunately, had come to a bloody end. <laughs> I whacked him. It's as simple as that. It was self-defense. I mean, he was throwing effing was, stones at me. You're in an excavating machine. Well, he was throwing stones at him. <laughs> so he takes the bucket and swings it into his bladder. <laughs> as any normal person would do. Uh, Smith was either kneeling or crouching after the first blow, <laughs> and pelted two rocks after Bird before sustaining the second serious injury. <laughs> at least he got a few stones thrown after that. <laughs> really, if you're able to even breathe after a guy in an excavating machine well, swings a giant metal bucket into your groin? Well, it's all the rock hero's fault because while ducking stones thrown by Smith, he accidentally knocked the excavator's control, swinging the bucket into Smith's groin. <laughs> Uh, the relationship turned sour <laughs> after the realignment and impact of the defendant's new fence, which encroached on the man's property. They should have called Bruce Williams. He would have sorted all this out. Mm-hmm. Am I alone here, or is, is there some special kind of crazy in the whole world this week? I think it's a gas crisis. Who attacks somebody with an excavating machine and a metal bucket that you swing into his groin? It worked for him. Well, I suppose it did, Tim. I like the part when he did the job. When they have to know that the relationship had gone sour. Oh, all right. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. 
the police chief of Daytona Beach, Florida, says scumbag T-shirts are in high demand. T-shirts featuring a caricature of the Daytona Beach police chief uh, dunking uh, criminals into a toilet under the words scumbag eradication team are so popular they're selling out immediately after they're being made available to the public. The $10 grade T-shirts were created by the department's police explorer program made up of 25 law enforcement enthusiasts and future officers. About 300 shirts were created to raise money for the organization, and they sold out immediately. I don't think anybody should become a, be called a scumbag, said a resident. People get into situations, and sometimes it's not their fault. I wouldn't buy that for my 13-year-old daughter. I'm not telling you I'm perfect. I'm telling you I'm one of the more politically correct people in the world. Uh, the next batch of T-shirts will be available early next week at the print counter of police headquarters. So come on in and get your scumbag T-shirts. <laughs> you ought to be tagging commercials with that kind of delivery, Tim. I think I should be. Hey, by the way, uh, speaking of, you're listening to KCMD Portland. Speaking of tagging commercials, I got the best air check. I got the best air check you have ever heard. Is this the one from Chris? Yeah, uh, Chris Paddock. It, you know, one of the things that I regret about the fact that, you know, the one I regret... In some ways, I, well, let me say, I regret in a single way only that I don't work in music radio. There's only one way in which I regret that, and that is that I don't get any, like, good DJ air checks. I sort of get bad talk air checks sometimes, but those are mostly from syndicated people anyway. It's like, you know, like a syndicated gardening show or something. Like I've, I get very few air checks from people who are currently, just because there aren't a lot of, I mean, also because there aren't a lot of live local talk shows left anywhere anymore. So there. So you get very few tapes from people who are really any good. Well, or at all, or even bad. I mean, I don't, I don't get a lot of talk radio air checks from anybody that isn't a syndicated show. In other words, I get a lot of networks trying to pitch me a show where it's a network that says, "Hey, we have this cooking show on Sunday mornings that we we syndicate all over the it's country." It's scrapbooking time. <laughs> exactly. Oh, would you like to carry the Lionel show? I get a lot no, of those. No. 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 The answer is no. Never. No. <laughs> no, in no way do we want to carry the Lionel show. I would, What's the Lionel I show? I would rather have a metal bucket swung into my groin. What? What's the Lionel show? <laughs> it's it's awful. It um, really is. And it's been on forever. <laughs> it's a it's a it's an East Coast talk show. A guy who if you did not know better, you would think he was doing like a character. Like you'd think it was some sort of like a Phil Hendry thing. But he was you'd think he was doing like a bad Joe Pesci. And he, 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 I can't, I'm not even going to try to do the impression. He sounds like he's doing, like, a, like pulling a gag on you. Uh, but it's like the way he really talks. It's just, uh, anyway. Uh, it's one of those undeserving people who gets a national talk show. <laughs> yes. Basically, that's what it And never gets fired ever. No. Oh. And so I get a lot of air checks from networks who are pitching me network shows. But I don't really ever get, like, a, hey, my name is... My name is John McIntyre, and I'm doing a talk show in, in Tallahassee. I'm looking to branch out. Here's an air check. I just don't get those um, because there aren't a lot of local live talk shows left. It's almost all syndicated these days. And um, But Chris Paddock gets air checks because he's the, you know, he, he's the PD at a music station. And so he had these two great air checks. He gave one to the Court and Fatboy show to play. He gave one to me, and then we're going to swap. Like on Monday, we'll swap, and, and they'll get this. So I'll play it later on. Um, and the guy has a great name too. I used to work. Uh, I used to work with um, a DJ named he at an oldie station. He called himself Coop Deville. Um, this one isn't. And this one gets. He, it's even better because he's a young kid. He sounds like he's about seventeen. His name is Coop Delicious. Um, <laughs> so we'll play it later on. It's gold. It really is wonderful. Uh, so we'll we'll get that here in just a while. Here's Tim Riley. Well, a blind man has spoken of a shock after he fell into a hole. Uh, John Cooper was walking along a uh, road two weeks ago with his guide dog, Faith, when the pair dropped into a three-foot deep hole that is believed to have contained sewage. 
Oh. How would you you think a blind man of all people would be able to suss out whether he was standing in sewage? Uh, the accident highlights the potential dangers to uh, blind people walking around the town. Well, well he had a guide dog, though. Where was he's the... 93 years old. Where oh. was the guide dog when this happened? Probably waiting for him to come out of the hole. Maybe that... But, I mean, what, isn't the guide dog there to, you know, guide you? To warn you? Maybe the guide dog has gone blind. That, that could be. There are no barriers or health warnings here where the hole is. I am reasonably fit for my age, so I landed on my feet. And I assumed it was water or mud. Uh, I had a call from the contractor saying it was sewerage. Nice of them to call. We had to take faith to the vet. We've been together five and a half years and haven't had a bad accident like this before. A seeing-eye dog gets a seeing-eye squirrel. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, then gallons of raw sewage erupted uh, from his uh, pub's toilet, submerging <laughs> oh. the entire bar after a street drain became clogged. This is the dirtiest toilet in all of Scotland. Mm-hmm. Now the thriving village pub faces months of closure and a cleaning bill costing tens of thousands of pounds. It's devastating. It could ruin us. Uh, we were having a normal night, and suddenly one of the customers shouts... There's sewage, filth, excrement everywhere, pouring out of the toilet, gushing into the bar. I'm sure that's what somebody in a Scottish pub said. There's excrement everywhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's the first thing that came out of their mouth. Um, hey, do you ever notice that it's only sewage that erupts from things? Yeah. Nobody ever says the pudding is coming out of everything. There's ne- or even water. Yeah. Or there's never. It's never anything. It's never like soap. It's always just sewage. It's always some horrible uh, backlog from the toilet. All right. Here's Tim Riley. A uh, 37-year-old Alderville, uh, Indiana man, has been charged with attempted murder. The incident took place during a gathering at a house on County Road, where a 49-year-old male victim and another man were arguing. When the victim tried to leave the property, he was attacked by the suspect several times with a shovel. He was uh, taken by ambulance to a local hospital and charged with attempted murder. Disney Channel starlet Miley Cyrus appears to be shying away from the media spotlight. <laughs> yeah, it looks that way, doesn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Uh, E-Online reports 15-year-old Hannah Montana star is bailing out of a red carpet network media party scheduled for today in Orlando, Florida. Florida. Her name has been on the guest list long before the controversial uh, photographs of the teen sensation were published in Vanity Fair. Some critics say the photos are too revealing and question whether uh, Miley is a proper role model for the kiddies. One of Nick Cannon's family members is confirming the news that the actor has tied the knot with Mariah Carey. All right, now, color me dumb. Who is Nick Cannon? I don't know. I recognize him from the Disney Channel. He's like some, like, like kooky, good-looking, young black comedian. Yeah, I just, I don't, uh, he's one of those guys that I sort of heard of, but I, I, I kind of don't know who he is. All right, so he married who? Mariah Carey? Mariah Carey. Uh, Does it say how old he is, Tim? Let's see. I think he's a youngin'. He seems like a young kid. He's 37 and she's 38. Nick Cannon's 37? Mariah no, Carey's 38? That's what it says. That's a lie. But I see. Well, he is, he is 27. 27. Oh, he's 27. Okay. All yeah. right. Good for him. Good 38. For her, well, good for her and, and good for him because... Uh, oh, my God. We were born a day, almost to the day. That's weird. He's born October 8th, 19 a.m. I'm October 9th. Isn't it weird when you see somebody like that and you sort of... Like when somebody is sort of a, a celebrity, in a way... They seem older than you. You know, they seem like more grown up and successful. And then you seem to, you see that they're the same age as you, and it sort of weirds you out a little bit. Well, he's not going to have to work ever again. So good for him, I suppose. I mean, that's that really is a that's life security right there. You date Marie and marry Mariah Carey. Uh, yesterday, the New York Post reported the 27 year old Nick and 38 year old Mariah secretly got hitched Wednesday in the Bahamas. Uh, source said the couple went at a home that Carey recently purchased on the island of Eutheria. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> Euphoria, so that looks like to me. Uh-huh. It must be a small unknown island. <laughs> I'm sure. Okay, whatever. I'm here on the Rick Emerson Show. Ah, and it's not Scottish excrement, it's crap. <laughs>
Hi, Rick. How you doing? Hi. Yes, hello. Hey, gosh, I've been on hold so long. The point that I was going to talk to you about is kind of passe now. That's okay. Uh, Bring it up anyway. And that other island that they were on, that Uberia, that's right next to the Isle of Lesbos. Anyway. Um, You'll be here all week. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you're right. There's something in the air this week. It's really weird. I do uh, legal support services, process serving, so to speak. Uh-huh. And I actually had a medical doctor try and run me over with her car today when I served her a subpoena in a civil case. Completely. I mean, this is a medical doctor. And she tried to run you over? In her 300 DL Mercedes, yes. Did, did you... Maybe she was ticked because it's a diesel. Their prices are higher, but I don't know. Oh, the car's a diesel. <laughs> yeah. She went out of her way to try and run me over. Well, good, good. Well, she, what, How did you serve her? Are you one of those people who has to be all sneaky about it, like trying to um, like give them the papers without them knowing that you're giving them the papers? Well, sir, actually, this one, it was kind of like that because uh, there are other process uh, companies that couldn't get her served. Did you pretend so to they, be a jogger yeah, coming up next to her? How did you do it? Not at all. Um, well, it's just... It's attitude and fortitude is really what it is. But I mean, um, because you don't... Because I had... I've only been served once. I got oh. a subpoena one time. Uh, or a summons or whatever the hell, and I was of course an idiot. The guy just knocked on my door, and he asked, "Hello," and I, you know, he's Rick Emerson. Yes, here you go. And I just, oh. went, all right, and I just took it. And then he's, thanks, bye. You know what I mean? Well, ninety percent of them are like that, Rick. Yeah. No, I was <laughs> but, a retard. Uh, not for me though. No, that's I'm, I'm a specialist, so we knew that this was going to happen. But, but it's I mean, kind of funny. No, but do you it. have to do it okay. in some weaselly way? Um, I've had a few where I've done that, but uh, give us an example. Yeah, but well, I want to know what he did today that almost got him run over. Well, oh well, she did. Well, she didn't want to take the subpoena, so I was trying to leave it with her. You know, basically here in the state of Oregon, we just drop it on the ground. And I mean, I knew who she was. She came to the door in her lab coat and her photo ID for her clinic, so it was grand. But um, she she just doesn't want to be involved, and so she thought by not accepting it, it was going to go away. But as I was trying to leave the property, she was already, she got to her car and drove down the driveway and tried to uh, run me over. <laughs> and did you have to jump out of the way, or I mean, what did she graze you I at all? I most assuredly did. No, no, she didn't get me, but I I did drop, jump out of the way. Did you call the man on her? No, no. That's only if she really hit me. Then yeah. then that would then it would get ugly. Well, but no, enough. everything it happened. But all this week, it's been just people are just really on edge. There is something in the really air. Really on edge. There I mean, really I've had is. a lot of people yell at me, call me all kinds of dirty names, and I've just been doing. Really mad. I've been doing most of the yelling on this end. So, <laughs> all right, thank well, you. Well, I tell you, thanks, and uh, best show ever. Keep all right, up good work. Thank you, Ock, ah. sir. All right, there you go. That job has always fascinated me. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, I have only ever been gotten a summon subpoena thing. Yeah, I only had that once, and the uh, <laughs> I was totally like a retard about it. Got. Hello? Are you Rick Emerson? Yes. Here. And he just hands it to me. Here's a little... If somebody just tries to hand you something, it's probably <laughs> something you don't want. I mean, really, when has anybody ever tried to come up and give you something for free, like unbidden, that was any good? It's never that. It's, it's always something I bad. I just never answer my door. I, I never, ever answer my door. Good unless it's um, Unless I'm expecting somebody. I never answer my phone. Yeah. As you well know. Yes, uh, that's true. The, uh, no, even if I'll see the people, like I can, I can look out, um, you know, like peek through a window and see if someone's out there. I don't care if they look like a normal person. I just, I don't answer. I just, um, I uh, was when I was a younger person, I would, uh, I would try to dodge the like the bill collectors when they would call me. And so the deal is, I don't know how if it's still the same way, but the bill collectors would call my house, and you'd answer the phone. You go hello, and they go, "Is this Rick Emerson?" And you, and and the deal is, if you said yes. That was like their go-ahead to be like, you know, give us our money, or we're going to come and sue you and take everything you want. And so uh, my whole, because, you know, because bill collectors, especially if you're sort of, 
And I wasn't trying to be irresponsible. Um, and there was you just have the money to pay your bills. yeah. There was I mean that was that was it at one point actually. I just and it wasn't even and the, the frustrating thing is it wasn't even. Uh, it wasn't even a big bill because I took it as a point. Of, I mean, I always it was a point of pride with me that I never had to buy anything on installments. Uh, that I never, I mean, I paid cash for all my cars. Uh, you know, I paid cash for my. You know, if I had to buy a toaster oven, I saved up the money. Like I never, I never had a credit card until I met my wife. Actually, I never had a credit card until I was twenty-eight. I feel like we're a little. Oh, until you're twenty. Okay, because I still don't have a credit card. No, I I didn't have a credit card. I got my first credit card less. They scare me. I don't. It was like seven years ago, maybe six or seven years ago. I had my first credit card, and that was I got it basically just because I had to get some credit established somehow because I had this, and it was um it was a utility bill. I had it because, and I really should say at this point, I do and always have tried to be very responsible about not being in debt, and that was a thing that my parents drilled into me. Um, growing up, and whatever my dad's flaws may have been, my dad tried to drill into me that if you didn't have the money in your pocket to buy it, you didn't buy it. You waited. Mm-hmm. If you couldn't buy it, if you couldn't afford it, if you had to put it on a down payment, if you had to do an installment plan, you just waited, and you bought it when you'd saved up the money. Um, I remember when I got, when I bought, I remember buying a car. This is a long way to tell the story, but I remember when I bought a car in 1995. It was a used car, but it was a fairly expensive used car. And uh, it cost, I think, it was a used car that I think cost twelve grand, eleven grand, wow, something like that, because it had just, it, it had, it, it was literally, it was like less than a year old, less than a year and a half old, something like that. Um, but the thing is, I, I had saved and saved and saved and saved, and I put down, out on, on like a ten thousand dollar car, it might have been ten. I put down, I think, 75, like right then. I was able to, I put down like 7,500. And I didn't, and I did not have a job that paid all that well. It's just that I had, they had been Learned drilled. How to save. Yeah, they just drilled it into me. They're like, put it away, put it away, put it away, because you never know when you'll need it. And the good thing, and so I was able, out of that 10 grand, I was able to put down like 7,500, and I got the rest of the car paid off really quickly. Anyway, but, but I did have this one utility bill that I wasn't intentionally trying to dodge. Uh, this is a few years before that. I had just somehow not paid it, or I'd missed it, or I, I'm terrible about checking my mail, and I'd gotten this utility bill, and it had gone to collections, and so I started getting the collections call, and at that point, I didn't have the money. There was this moment where I didn't have any of the money to pay the collection bill, and they, you know, and especially if you're young and sort of don't have a lot of cash, the collection agents can be a little intimidating. I mean, it can, it can sort of freak you out, but I eventually learned that if you just didn't say, if you didn't admit that you were you, they couldn't say anything. They, they, just, they couldn't move forward. And so I would answer the phone. They go, is this Even for Even if it's like your, like your like cellular telephone? I didn't anything? have a cell phone at the time. But ah. I would just, i pick up the phone. They go, hello, Rick Emerson? And I'd say, who's this? And they go, is this Rick Emerson? Are you Rick Emerson? And I would say, well, I don't know. Who am I talking to? And the thing, and they didn't want to identify themselves as being collection agents. Uh, so I would just really, I would just string them along and refuse to identify myself. And uh, and I did that, I think, three or four times. And then eventually, and within, I think, a few weeks, I'd scraped enough together to sort of get that utility bill off my back. But it was it was a weird time, so um, in any event. All right, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Oh, so uh, that Iron Eagle movie starts this weekend. Oh, I'm sorry, it's Iron Man. There's Iron Eagle starring Lugas, starring Jason Gedrick. Yes. All right. But it's supposed to be the, the uh, big movie this weekend. Well, you and I were talking about Robert Downey Jr. before the show, and I oh, think we're that... we're glad he's still alive. I really am. Mm-hmm. I am. And because most... Because like most junkies, don't you just... You just don't give a rip. No. You know, somebody's just some worthless jackass that just sticks drugs in their body. You're just like, F you. You know, I don't care. Um, 
it, piles up trash in some house in the lawn. <laughs> just, just, die, die. <laughs> Sitting there in their own feces. And you just kind of, I don't, I don't care. But uh, there are the occasional exceptions to that, where there's somebody who has a problem, who's a, you know, an addict or whatever, and you really root for them to make a recovery. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I think we all like Robert Downey Jr. He's very, very likable. He's just, he seems like... And uh, extremely talented. He's, he's a lovable junkie. He does. He, <laughs> <laughs> he has his own... He has, his, I, when you say the lovable junkie, I just hear that sort of like, like a baby elephant walk behind him as he's like sticking heroin in his eyeball. Um... But he does, you know, he seems like he has a lot of charisma. I'm not going to say he's a good guy, because I don't know. But he's a good actor, and he does seem like a very, he has a very warm presence. Mm-hmm. He does have a very, he seems very personable. That's what I'd say about Robert Downey Jr. And really ever, very talented. Did you ever see that Elton John video, that, that that song, I Want Love? Yeah. And it was just one shot of him the entire yeah. song. Like, it was right after he got out of rehab. Yeah, it was beautiful. That was so powerful. Yeah, well, and clearly we're not alone there, because a lot of people have really sort of, you know, rallied with him, uh, you know, and, and, and he's been of, in trouble forever. Well, do, I mean, you haven't been in trouble since the days of Kim Morgan reviewing movies. <laughs> I mean, he was okay. What was the first thing Robert Downey Jr. was in? Anybody know? I know. Does anybody know Robert Downey Jr.'s first movie role? Hmm. Um, the pizza to delivery. The, to the best of my knowledge, the pizza delivery guy, whatever that one is. I don't even know what do you you're talking when, about. Remember when he worked for the pizza place and he was super young and basically but sleeping with all the clients. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Mystic Pizza. No, 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 no. I don't even know what like we're talking about. Like a delivery guy, pizza delivery guy. No. No, I have no idea. I was going to say, I do believe Robert Downey Jr.'s first movie role was Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield and Sam Kinison. There was uh, Rodney Dangerfield and Rodney Dangerfield's kid. Not his real life kid, but in the movie, Rodney Dangerfield's son was going to college, and Robert Downey Jr. was the roommate of the, of Rodney's kid. Um, and then he was in Less Than Zero. And I don't know if he... I don't know if that's one of those things where he became a junkie in real life around the same time he was playing a junkie in Less Than Zero, but that was kind of when everything started on a downhill slide for that guy. And then he did Chaplin, which I thought was overrated but still good. And it was right around the time he did Chaplin. Wasn't that when he woke up and that like they found him in the six-year-old's bed? I don't think she was in the bed. But I think he'd, he'd been wandering through uh, Hollywood somewhere and thought it was his house or thought it was a house that, you know, looked, looked like it was good to sleep in. And... The kid like came in, Mommy, there's a strange man passed out of my bedroom. And they go in and there's Robert Downey Jr. like asleep in your kid's bed, which has got to be a special brand of weird. He was in something so. called Greaser's Palace in 1972, uncredited. Greaser's Palace. Then Mussolini, The Untold Story. I don't remember any of these. I've got to find that. Weird delivery. science? Weird science. How could you forget weird science? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where to start, but I guess I'll just finish off with these... Uh... It's always good to start by finishing off, sir. When in doubt on this program, uh, you should always start by finishing off. That's a thing that other callers could learn from. Well, it would definitely help. uh, One movie based on the Germany uh, occurrences. I don't know what's going on here, but I like it. One movie based on the Germany appearances. What does that mean? Occurrences. Occurrences. Do you mean the war? That uh, sex house or that uh, dungeon? That's Austria. Austria. Austria, okay. Well, there's uh, a uh, Germany-based movie called Situation Serious But Not Hopeless that uh, is about this guy who held a couple uh, Air Force... um, He held a couple of what? A couple Air Force uh, officers. Uh Uh-huh. All the way through Germany. All the way through Germany. uh, How do you feel this call is going? 
Very terrible. Uh, how about if I Don't be a jerk, I'm, I'm not being a jerk. I'm just I'm trying to I'm trying to diffuse his nervousness with comedy, Sarah. The the, uh, the World War Two. The World War Two. World War Two. Yes. And it basically turns out quite interesting. The other movie has to do with your shaving experience. It's called My Name Is Nobody with Henry Fonda. Tim, My Name Is Nobody, Henry Fonda. Doesn't ring a bell, but it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Uh, it's a great movie. It has uh, right. a lot to do with uh, being a famous gunslinger and uh, avoiding the straight blade. Avoiding the what? Straight blade. Straight blade. Is that figuratively, like he doesn't want to be killed, or literally like he just doesn't want to shave? Uh, doesn't like shaving because there's always people after his neck, literally. All right, then. And what's it called? Uh, my name is Nobody. My name is Nobody. Excellent. All right. What's your name, sir? Uh, Courier Dan. All right. I'm glad we had this talk, Courier Dan. Uh, All right. You have a good weekend. You too. Yeah. You can you can hang the phone now. Okay. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. The pickup artist. That was the pickup oh, movie. Oh, I forgot all about ah. that. The pickup artist. Yeah. Did you ever see him in that movie, Two Guys and a Girl, or Two Girls and a Guy? I think so. That's a terrible film. I mean, it's interesting, and then, but then you watch it a second time and you realize it's awful. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Is this me? Yes, it is, sir. Hello. Oh, I, I was going to uh, answer Sarah's question. It was uh, the movie she's thinking about where the pizza delivery guy was uh, going in and, and doing all the clients. That was uh, that was Patrick Dempsey in Loverboy, was it not? Oh, now I don't even know. Oh, Patrick boy. Dempsey and Robert Downey you, Jr. Oh can God. be sort of confusing. Sir, you are correct. That is exactly yeah. who I'm thinking of. Okay. Patrick Swayze's brother was in that movie, right? Oh, man, you're freaking me out, and I don't even know what's going on. Wait, but who was the other kid in Weird Science? That wasn't Robert Downey Jr. Oh, that wasn't Robert Downey Jr. in Weird Science. But maybe Tim's thinking, are you thinking of the Weird Science television show, Tim? Weird Science is Anthony Michael Hall, yep. and it, it's not John Cryer, is it? Uh, okay, sure. Is it, is it Ducky? Who's the other guy in Weird Science? Not Bill Paxton. It's <laughs> Bill Paxton, Anthony Michael Hall. Wyatt Donnelly? In Weird Science, the movie? Yeah, that's what I'm looking I at. I thought it thing. was John Cryer for oh, wait, some no, reason. Uh, let's see. There's Eli... Now, I got Eli all, Eli these Smith? all these people get mixed up together. Yeah, and then there's the Weird Science TV oh, show starring Vanessa Angel of Viking Quest fame. All right, it's all, this is all very confusing. I feel like we're no closer to any sort of resolution. Uh, a TV show. Yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. No problem. All right, yeah, I feel like there's just we're so enveloped in, in mystery and shrouded in a thing that's like that. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, he was in uh, Weird Science. He was the, one of the a-holes with, uh, I think, Dweezil Zappa. I think. Robert Downey Jr. was. It's been, can yeah. I tell you, it's been years. I mean, I don't know that I've seen Weird Science in 15 years. I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. I don't think it holds up, probably. My guess first, would be that it's terrible. But the first movie he was in was a, a little-known little movie called First Born, and it had uh, Peter Weller and one of the Corys and... Uh, he actually got a job because Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker was in it, and she was dating him at the time, and she got him a job. It's, it's actually a pretty good movie if you check it out. First Born, what's it about? First, uh, these two uh, kids, their brothers, their mom, I think it's Terry Gower, uh, gets his new boyfriend, and he starts moving in and you know pushing him around and stuff, and they don't trust him. And Oh, I know that movie. I yeah. totally know that movie. He plays one of their friends who just 
punked out really, you know, he was kind of odd kid around. He, he's the first one on the block, get his ear pierced and all this, and he's a, kind of an outcast. He wasn't in it very much. Yeah, no, I complete. I know the movie you're talking about. I totally great know Great movie, that. actually. Yeah. All right, excellent. All right, thank you, sir. Yeah. All right, there you go. All right, fantastic. All right, let's take one more here about this whole uh, this whole business of Robert Downey Jr. And the, but now it's like, I feel like... I feel like now we're trying to suss out like six different actors all at once. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, how you doing? Hey, what's up? Hey, um, uh, Sarah's uh, thinking about. Yeah. Um, I think the name of the movie is called Loverboy, and it had Patrick Dempsey in yeah. it. So yeah. So somebody said so. We are confusing Patrick Dempsey and Robert Downey. But then Jr. I was also right. like making squishing it together with Robert Downey Jr. and the pickup artist. Yes. But the pickup artist is the one where he's on the front holding the roses, right? Is that where he's on the front of the box holding? Yeah, he feels the... like a big gap between us two. Well, you know, can I just tell you that that's a that is a thing that is going to be uh, it, that's something that's going to become a thing of the past. What with uh, getting movies uh, from uh, you know over, uh, you know iTunes or off the internet or whatever, as the future goes on and more and more uh, things are delivered electronically, it's going to be like album cover art, where you're just unless you see the poster in the theater, you're sometimes the whole movie you might not even know what the cover looks like. I have al- I I would say that I have albums right now that I've gotten uh, electronically. Uh, the, I have no idea what the cover art even is. And there was a time where if it was an album you really loved, you knew exactly, you knew everything about it. The cover, the liner notes, the everything. You know what? This isn't him holding the roses. I think that might be uh, Loverboy. Oh, I'm so <laughs> Because confused. the cover of the pickup artist isn't that. I'm looking at it. We have to cut the cord right now. Okay. Here's Tim Riley. Well, let's, revi- let's revisit the Australian uh, the Austrian Dungeon of Doom. Uh, you know, I got a letter from a guy in Australia who listens to us, and he, said, he asked if we would very, very uh, pretty please st- uh, stop saying it was Australia. Sorry, right. sir. This is the place without the kangaroos. Yes. That has dungeons. There aren't any dungeons in Australia. That we know of. To our knowledge. That have been found as of yet. Well, anyway, investigators plan to use sonar technology to probe the yard of the Australian man who held his daughter captive for 24 years to ensure there were no more underground dungeons. Uh, the investigators will also question more than 100 people who lived in his house. Wow. 100 people. Those people lived in the building over the years that uh, Fritzy held his daughter prisoner. Are you okay over there? Yeah, I'm sorry. Others have come forward to say they knew the 73-year-old Fritzy. I inhaled some water. We're casting a wide net. It's a lot of work. Officers are combing the entire property, photographing, filming, and remapping it. They also plan to use sonar to determine if there are any more secret underground spaces. Uh, so hopefully they'll they might find something else. Well, we did. T- I mean, as I said the other day, I'm just amazed that town hasn't lynched that guy by now. I mean, it, it seems astounding. The town clearly is unhappy about the uh, the perception this is painting of their community. So, I mean, it seems like somebody there eventually has to just sort of uh, decide to take out the trash. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick, I was going to say, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was in Weird Science. He was one of the bullies that was trying to pick up on the chick that, All right. uh, that the, the two guys created. When is in the, the mall, line? right? By the way, Richie wants to know the Weird Science is on AMC right now as we speak. <laughs> and it actually does hold up pretty well. I, I watched it recently, and it, it's it's uh, still a good movie to watch. Does it, now, let me ask you this, because this is, of course, what every guy was thinking when they were watching that movie. Did they give a reason in Weird Science why they don't just command the girl to just have sex with them? They're dorks. But I mean, but but that that would seem like, like nice there would be even dorks. more impetus them. There would be even more impetus them for them to say like you gotta f us. Well, like they're the nice guy dorks. I mean that's what. Uh, with bras, all I remember is all I remember is them with bras on their head and her wearing that thing that looked like it was red saran wrap. That's it. That's really and Chet turning into a big thing at the end. That's all I remember about that movie. All right. it's, it's still a fun movie. All right, you say, but you say it holds up now. 
Yeah, it holds up pretty good, yeah. All and right. it's, it's still an enjoyable watch. All right, fair enough. Thank you, sir. All right, All right, here's Tim Riley. Even with his arms stuck in a piece of machinery, both arms, a Florida man was able to call 911 using his big toe. Where? Wow, that was oh, really that close. that was weird. You're flanging there. Oh, oh. That was almost exact right there. And we both jumped the gun, too. Yeah. He was taken from the DRS Technology Building when he became trapped in a press-like machine that resembles an elevator. <laughs> he was all alone. Uh, he shook his cell phone off his belt, kicked off one shoe, and used his big toe to dial 911. He, did, uh, he didn't stay out of arm's way, Mm-mm. sounds like. Rescuers used a thick metal bar to pry the machinery off his arms. He was airlifted to a Pensacola hospital where his condition is not immediately known. No arm, no foul, Tim. Uh, Rose Griffin is not dead, so the call from someone trying to arrange her funeral was a bit of a shock. A Massachusetts woman got the call at a late hour Friday night from someone looking for her son who was not there. When the irate, irate lady used her color ID to call back, the man informed her he was the funeral director trying to make arrangements for her son's dead mother. A 75-year-old Griffin told him, You're talking to the dead person. Uh, the owner of the funeral home said somebody was playing a cruel prank and left a message with his home answering machine saying, The woman was dead. Who do you suppose that's creepier for? The woman who gets the call from the funeral home thinking she's dead, mm-hmm. or the guy from the funeral home who calls and is, speaks to the woman who he believes is dead? Well, the woman is a Walmart greeter, and she expects to be around for quite some time. Well, they all do. Well, yeah. working at Walmart, who would want to die, really? Here's, uh, here's Tim Riley. Oh, by the way, this email says, Rick, speaking of finding out the age of someone rich and successful, I was temporarily depressed today when I found out that I'm the same age as David Beckham. It made me feel really worthless, although to my credit, I'm still younger than you. All right, thank you, sir. Here's Tim Riley. What makes me feel bad is that Paris Hilton is younger than I am. Is that true? Yes. Hmm. Yes, it is. That's not right. I don't like that. That really does seem wrong. All right, here's Tim Riley. A Romanian man has issued an official complaint with a local trading agency when he got drunk on a single can of beer. Incho Borava is 35. He bought a beer at a local supermarket in southern Romania, uh, but was so drunk after drinking just one can, he nearly passed out. He said, I am more than capable of holding my drink. It is ridiculous to think one can of beer can make me so drunk. There must be something wrong with it, and I'm demanding compensation. He has written to Romania's Consumer Protection Office. <laughs> demanding an what investigation. would they possibly be protecting you from in Romania? Having your neck sucked. <laughs> I was just going to say, these wooden stakes do not work as advertised. Uh, this email back on the trash house. People won't let the trash house go. Trash house. This woman. <laughs> that sounds to me like a the new reality. This afternoon. A I'm new reality to... show. Welcome. Trash house. I'm Seth Green, and you're watching Trash House. Um, this email says, hey, my husband is a photographer for Fox 12. One of our proud sponsors, Tim. Yes, they are. And uh, the 4 o'clock news. And live also, and local. And uh, let's see, my husband was live at the trash house last night. We have to talk to him. My husband, who's a photographer Fox 12, was live at the trash house last night. He said it was awful and there was no way anybody could live inside the house because there was so much stuff. We now take you live to the trash house. Welcome to the trash house. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, a former Munhall, Pennsylvania police officer is charged with trying to solicit sex from underage girls and offering them $1,000 to suck their toes. 36-year-old Michael Curtin was fired from his job at the police department. Uh, his association with underage girls began January 2006. They say he supplied alcohol to three teenagers, and the girls accused him of touching them inappropriately. They also said the police officer made contact with two underage girls on the MySpace and offered them $1,000 to allow him to kiss their toes and suck them. <laughs> his bail said $1,000. I mean, I'd totally let him do that, but then again, I'm not an underage girl, so he probably wouldn't be interested. 
Well, uh, I'm sorry. I'm just making the observation. You said the creepiest thing. A thousand, like you wouldn't let him do that for a thousand dollars. Oh yeah. Uh, that's what I'm saying. What do I care? Doesn't matter to me. I mean, we have a lot of these uh, stories about foot fetishism and so forth, and. I know you like them, that's why I picked them it's up. It's not that I like them. I'm just saying, <laughs> to me, they're interesting because that would be the easiest way to make money because it's like so, it is so far physically removed from the rest of your body, it's almost like it's not even happening to you, I would think. Hear that, nope. No, but I mean, like a foot <laughs> rub is a sensual thing. I suppose, but what's more sensual to you, Sarah? I say, starting well, some I can creepy you train of thought. Like, of the honest, honestly, I've never had my toes sucked. I'm sa- well, no, no, no. But I'm saying, okay, what would you, you find? Say- what would you find to be more, uh, let's say, intimate? Uh, a foot rub or like a back rub? Mm, I'm saying it's a foot the- rub. Really, you think so? Well, yeah. I mean, that's. I don't know. I don't know. That's that weird. The level why of intimacy why is that? Do you suppose? Because uh, I bet a lot, maybe a lot of because you know there's that whole thing in Pulp Fiction about that about how foot rubs mean something even though we say they don't whatever. So. That's an interesting uh, thing, actually. Feet or something, you know, unless it's in the Because they're normally the covered. Yeah, you don't see them a lot. No, 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 that makes a lot of sense. Okay, no, 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 I can totally see that. All right. Maybe I'm just willing to do anything for money. I mean, like, more so than most people. Maybe I just have an, a, a fluid sense of how I can be bought. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Well, TiVo users say Claire Huxtable from The Cosby Show is their favorite television mom of all time. She's number one on the list in this independent survey. Uh, the character played by Felicia Rasad scored 58% of the votes, soundly defeating Marion Cunningham from Happy Days and Carol Brady from The Brady Bunch, who finished in the tie for the second place with 37% of the votes. After all, she was a real human being. She was a mother that children love, that husbands adore, and women want to be. Another animated television mom, Wilma Flintstone, came at number six on the list, followed by Vivian Banks from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Caroline Ingalls, who was on uh, Little House on the Prairie. And the lady from Growing Pains rounded out the top ten. I'm trying to think if there's a TV mom that I would actually have wanted as my real mom and not in, like, some sex way. Uh, well, you know what I'm saying. There's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> have, I, Friday? have I said too much? Well, because otherwise it's going to... mom do I want on the sex way? Otherwise it's going to be me talking about Lorelai Gilmore again. So I have to draw that distinction. Um... Or for that matter, because you know, here's here's one that is, is sort of both, uh, because she was she was a great, uh, very like realistic, I would say at least in terms of a sitcom, very great sort of nurturing mother, also hot as balls, and that would be Meredith Baxter Burning on Family Ties. I would. I mean, She's played too many crazy people on uh, Lifetime Television for women movies that, that I've seen, true. and I can't unsee that. I only saw the one where she was bulimic. Oh, she's been everything. She's been. She always plays the crazy lady. Really? Mm-hmm. Is she still hot? When is the last time? What is the most recent photograph you saw of, of Meredith Baxter Bernie? Well, I'm looking for. I right believe now. she's now just Meredith Baxter, though. I think she dropped the Bernie uh, when she got divorced. Speaking right. of which, when did Hillary Rodham Clinton become Hillary Clinton again? I'm not trying to do it as like a bad stand-up routine. I mean, really, honestly, official? when did it yeah, happen? This lady has crazy eyes. It, I don't, when is the Hillary last time Clinton? you heard her? <laughs> yes. Hillary Clinton also has crazy eyes. When is the last time you heard her referred to as Hillary Rodham Clinton? Not it's always just Hillary Clinton now. That's well, somebody... still the same. She looks like crazy Republican woman, doesn't she, like when you look at her? Oh, she does. Oh, uh, yeah, she's got no lips. Where did her lips go? She never had them. There in the back of Bernie, you ain't got no lips. Well, she was just, man, there was a time when she was just completely smoking, though. But okay, you know I must find these pictures, because I've always seen her looking like that. That's not a very good photo of her, and that's with a lot of makeup, too. So, you really, honestly, you, you go back and watch Family Ties. I think she was 30-something then. Um, but, as I always know, when she was in uh, All the President's Men, 
I mean, she was... This is an honest house. Uh, she was just the hottest thing ever. Okay, I see some younger ones. She's pretty. She was very, very pretty. Uh, Meredith Baxter Burney was was very attractive. But um, but as, uh, what's her name, uh, Elise Keaton, I would say that she was a pretty great TV mom. I mean, the, the Keatons were... If I could go back, I mean, if you had to go back and live uh, in a sitcom household, I mean... I, I think you could do worse than to pick Family Ties. Family mm -hmm. Ties would not have been a bad family uh, to live with. Oh, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, you guys. What's up? Uh, man, you got my ADD all set off here. I was thinking of uh, a couple different things. Uh, first of all, movie titles for the uh, Austrian uh, torture chamber. Yeah. yeah. How about uh, you get Frankie Avalon to play the dad and call it Basement Blanket Bingo. That's only funny because you because you specifically noted that it has to have Frankie Avalon in it. All right. <laughs> and then um, let's see. I've I, I've got a trash house story from when I was growing up. Okay. Trash house. <laughs> 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 You've done uh, trash house. Sound like some horrible 1980s sort of disaster film too. Trash house. Oh, it certainly could. Have. Garbage in, nothing out. <laughs> Folks were uh, subsidized by the government. Garbage in, horror. Out. <laughs> trash house. <laughs> what is your trash house story, Ow. sir? Go ahead. Uh, they uh, they they lived off the government, and uh, so they had this huge house, um, and they would just nail off the rooms as they used them up. Oh, really? So, like, a room would get filled with trash, and they figured, well, that room's done for. Get the boards, yeah. and then they would just yeah. board up the room, Ed uh -huh. Gein style. Well done. Excellent. Yeah, it was sweet. All right. They, so, uh, how did you know this? Did you ever go into the house? Uh, we were around it. It was a big farming community. Everybody kind of knew each other. Salt they, of the they, earth. Yeah. They raised horses, and, you know, I mean, they always ended up somewhere. And scabies. But she, uh, she fell off the swing set one day. This, uh, this girl was in my class in mm -hmm. second grade or something and, uh, and twisted her ankle. And I was out there, uh, helping her out, um, and the nurse came out to the, uh, Please tell me the girl smelled of garbage. Well, she did typically anyway, and uh, and like really uh, putridly sweet cigarette smell, you know, uh -huh. smell. And then, uh, but so she twists her ankle, and when they when they peel their sock off to uh, to have a look at her ankle, that was the most vomit-inducing smell. I mean, I still have vivid recollections of it. Is okay. it a smell that you can still conjure up in your brain even now? Yeah, have you ever, like, taken a cast off, you know, that smell that, of the, all the dead skin and stuff? All right. Thanks, sir. Yeah, right. right. Rock on. Let's yeah, break now. now. All right. Rock on, rock on yourself, my friend. Trash house. Trash house. All right. Let's uh -huh. take, take a break. We'll back after this. More from Jim Riley. Uh, we'll play this fantastic air check, too, from Coop Delicious. Do you want to hear just a little bit of it? Just sure. like as a tease? All right, I'm playing just a little bit of this Coop Delicious uh, air check. Let me just... Uh... The Music 103. Hello, folks. This is Coop Delicious with the Music 103. I'm rocking you all into the cold, frosty night. There you go. Oh, More yes. on the way. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Stay there.
she wouldn't have pointed that out. <laughs> it's the Rick Emerson radio program. <laughs> oh, man. So I'm reading this transcript that Richie Bristol to his really, I mean, to our undying um, gratitude. Richie brought in pages one through four of apparently a seven-page transcript when he had intimate cyber relations with what he thought was a woman. Turned out to be a man. About which he's equally um, zen or in denial, depending on when you ask him. Did you see this on page? Look about, um, look on page three, Sarah, about halfway down. Do I have to? Yes. Yes, you do, because I can't be the only one who knows this. And Tim, I don't know what page. Tim is numbered. probably too shrewd to look at this. All right, hi. Uh, at the top, the first line is, I am now nude. So look for the phrase, I, don't have I am now nude at the top. I don't have, I am now nude. That doesn't sounds like gibberish. <laughs> At the top? Okay, well, mine's in the middle. All right, so... Wait, hold on. Do you have a different transcript than I do? I don't know. What Should is we the, change? What is the very first line of your first page? Hi. Oh, that's different. What is yours? Uh, it's where he's talking about how he's... Um, I'm assuming maybe he means tall for an Asian. Uh, that's his first line there. That's, okay, so um, you missed like five lines. Okay. Which doesn't add up, though. I wonder if he edited these. Uh, I don't know, but here, I'm just going to, I'll just hand you this. Look, look at, I'm going to bracket this here. Look at this uh, about halfway through page three of this cybersex transcript. You see what I, what I... Oh, God. So suddenly the spelling, which is not, like, so hot to begin with, it just goes to crap, and, like, the, the spacing is all weird. Oh, Rick! And so here's, here's what he says, and I'm going to spell it out for you. He said... I am now nude. <laughs> it says, LOL, it, it hard to type with left hands, but it's all spelled wrong. It's like, it is spelled I-T-R... And two is spelled with like three zero, three O's and an I. We've got to get somebody in here to read this immediately. <laughs> and with is W I Y T. Um, and and then he's and then later she says, "Let me do all the work." And and she compliments Richie on um. His punctuality. Yes. On she compliments Richie on um. On the. Oh my God! The, I feel the, dirty reading this at work. On the size of his spirit. And Richie says, how do you know you got hidden camera with a K? Camera spelled K-A-M-I-R-A. You have a hidden camera? Uh, yeah, I'm watching you. Ew, I'm rubbing your chest. I'm firm. Rubing. Feel good. At the bottom, the best part is, I'm rubing it everywhere. <laughs> Genius. All right. Hi, Tim. How you doing over there? <laughs> oh, fine. <laughs> And then Richie, I'm rubing it on you. The, the best part is how Richie claims I can't bring in the final three pages. I like it. Does that feel good? Yes, I like it. Yes. Is it everywhere? All on my body. That's the uh, lotion, by the way. The lotion. Yeah. It rubs the lotion on its skin. Uh, well, on webcam. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, gang. How you guys doing? Oh, I'm feeling traumatized. How are you? Poor Richie. You put... Poor, poor hey, Richie. Listen, I got. Hey, Tim Riley. Sounds like you know. There's a, the thing about poor Richie. Richie was certainly enjoying himself. He can't claim that he didn't have a good he, time. He had a great time. We're just. It's just kind of. I got a good the, time here on paper. I've got the evidence right here. Sad. Hey, uh, is Tim Riley there? Yes, Tim? I am. Yeah, there he is, right here, sir. Hey, uh, do you remember the show called uh, Petticoat Junction? Yes, Petticoat Junction. Meredith Baxter was one of the the young chicks in that show, and she was oh hot back then. 
No, you're right. Is that true? How how now? How old would she have been there? I don't I don't remember. Yeah, I didn't really she watch. Probably Country. she was probably in her early twenties. I, I would see. say ah, very early twenties. All right, I'll have to go look it up then. All right. And then I have a, a question for uh, you and Sarah. Yes. You guys made that bowling commercial. Yes. Yes, sir. Did you make it that way after you know you guys playing those commercials that you made when you were a young pup? Because it sounds like the same style of commercial. Uh, well, no, it, it wasn't really intentionally done that way. It's just that I sort of took some of the copy points and rewrote them with my own style. But really, I only have one style, and I only have one way of writing, and I'm not really that skilled of a copywriter. So, uh, I, so I, I really words, only yeah. have the one move. So, in other words, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's huh? exactly what we're saying, sir. <laughs> all right. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, all right. I really have, I really have one shade to my writing. Here's Tim <laughs> Riley. Well, anyway, these killer storms are going through the southern states, but nothing, nothing is going to stop the annual Birmingham, Alabama crawfish boil. It'll <laughs> go on as planned at 2 o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> I like anything. I like a boil that can't be stopped. The crawfish boil is downtown at 9th Avenue near the Civic Center. It's old home day, and it'll go on as scheduled. Rain or not, at the same time, Nancy Pelosi is visiting Birmingham, Alabama. So she, too, may stop over at the catfish boil. If they're lucky. Mm-hmm. Somebody knows that this isn't so much a transcript as it is a tranny script. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey, Hi, what's up? Um, I have an idea. Your news bot, which I find fascinating, could do, if you could get somebody to actually input the transcript to the news bot. Genius. Oh, to have the, to have the news bot reenact Richie's conversation with this lady man. Yeah, and if you can find the uh, female version of it and have it go back and forth, or, well, I guess it would both sound like a man because technically it is. Well, we'll uh, we'll pass it along to the That's news bot funny. and see if the news bot feels so inclined. All right, fair enough. All right, thank you. Late. All right. The news bot's not as dirty as Richie. Uh, uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, this is Bill. Hey, what's up? Um, I'm an electrician. I run a service stand, and they say never take a call after 4 o'clock because we inevitably end up in a trash house. And <laughs> I knocked on the lady's door. She took me around the side. She didn't let me in the living room. The main door. I went through the the side door, and I could notice in the in the living room there was no furniture whatsoever. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird. And she says, yeah, the panel's down here in the basement. We started to go down the basement, and I got about halfway down the steps when I saw the mountain of feces. They had chopped the hole in the living room floor, and we're crapping down the hole into the basement. Wow! I did not expect that to be the resolution to this call. <laughs> they apparently didn't pay their water bill or whatever, and they thought, apparently oh, the the it, evidence it, would indicate just to chop a hole. In the floor and Jesus, <laughs> I didn't see that coming, and neither did you. Probably, did you excuse oh. yourself to say, "I'm sorry, I left something in the truck," and then just run for it? Uh, well, I, I asked her. I said, "You know, are you guys going to clean this up?" And she says, "Oh no." She was saying something about they were going to get around to it, and I said, "Well, I'll have the city come and help." We're going to get around to it yeah. after the crawfish boil. <laughs> All right, thank you, sir. Hey, thanks. Guys. Have a good weekend. By the way, you see this where. Um, this is Chrissy and Richie, um, a love story. As, <laughs> um, she says, um, she, she's asking uh, Richie um, how uh, body-wise, how big he is. And he says, I'm 5'7". And she says, that's big. And he says, I'm 175 pounds. I work out. Chrissy says, you sound like a big guy. And Richie <laughs> what says, does he say back? Richie says, that's what the girls say, LOL. Chrissy, wow. really? Wow. Your pictures are cute. Um, all right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 
Hey, Rick, it's Chrissy. <laughs> Why you got to be blocking me, man? I'm sorry. Forgive me, Chrissy. I, I know not what I do. Our love is true. All right, thank you. Bye. Oh, I love people. Did you see here where he's writing with numbers and letters where, um, where Richie says... Okay, no, did you see the part where... She's obviously deflecting him, asking any more about um, oh, that, her that pictures too. or sexual orientation. So this is on page two of mine. We get, hold on. We, can, can we just um, let's just real quickly ask Richie here, and then we'll, we'll proceed with the news. I Let still have um, right here. Richie Bristol, can you um, can you please join us in the studio? Hello, Richie Bristol. <laughs> Hi, how you doing today? Ah, uh, okay. You Why are you explain this music? I can't. <laughs> Who wants you, to explain it? Do you know what this is from? <laughs> Some gay movie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a gay movie. <laughs> it's a gay movie. Yeah, you don't, you don't want anything to do with that, obviously. Hello, white <laughs> boy. <laughs> oh. All right. Yeah, I know that you're a very narrow-minded person, Richie. You'd obviously never want to do anything unorthodox. What was I thinking? Um, so, all right. I, I don't even know where to start here. Um, okay. I First of all, are you going to post these online, these transcripts? Uh, <laughs> I started taking pictures of them, and then I was like, that won't work. Well, no, because you'd want it, you'd want to remove. Yeah. Although, since your username is... Timmy is Timmy Ryan here? Is Timmy Ryan here? I, I or Adam or any of those guys. We need one of them to come in here, or well, one of them to reenact this. Well, my question is, before, and since your username on here, as Tim pointed out, your username is Richie Bristol. <laughs> That's weird. It, <laughs> it shouldn't be that. <laughs> you think? You, it really shouldn't be. <laughs> I mean, that, that, is, that really is That's true. Odd. <laughs> well, I don't think like... my full uh, legal name should be attached to this. I know. <laughs> well, you'd think your sign-in name or something would go on there. Maybe it's in the settings. Yeah, I'd be looking. I'd, I'd examine those. Great. On your next visit, perhaps <laughs> you should check that first. But it's got, unfortunately, her her full name as well. So we don't want to, uh, you know, we don't want to post that. Um, She'd so, be too busy. Yeah, <laughs> we don't want to. So we don't want to take her away from you. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, but I mean, so you have this as a log at home. So you know what you could do is, because photographing this or scanning this is going to be difficult. You'd have to go through with a sharpie. I mean, I guess you could go through with a sharpie and line out her name. I think it's in text format, TXT. Kind but of. I mean, you could put it into like a, if it's a text thing, you could put like a word document and go through and just replace her name with X's or whatever. But yeah. but I guess but you or you could just I would happily do it. Uh, I've got a sharpie right here. I'll just go through and line out her name, <laughs> and then we'll get it posted every single. Do time. we have a scanner here? I'll talk, yeah, we got a scanner. Her name is Bridget. Oh, we All right, well, why don't, I'll do it on my copy. So why don't you give me the pen and while right. you're reading, I'll... And then, are you okay with us posting Well, it? we might have OCR uh, character recognition. They could just pull it out. What? Like, if she scans it, it has a character Well, Sarah's just doing it right now. Sarah's just oh, blocking out. I was saying it's character recognition. It'll pull it out. I don't know what that means. When you scan, it recognizes the... Text. Well, not if you're cross... Not if you're lining it out. I know, but it'll automatically do it. Well, okay. Well, we'll, 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 we'll take it. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Moving on. <laughs> let's, well, let's let Bridget worry about that. Um, so uh, we'll go ahead and now. But you, where are the Just last? Just her last name, right? Yeah. Okay. Where are the last three pages to this? Uh, my guess is on my hard drive. But I mean, why didn't you bring them in? Because. <laughs> because it would be embarrassing. Well, it's not appropriate for the radio. <laughs> uh, so there's. Uh, let me understand this. 
Oh, there's so much I want to... So much I want Would it be better if one of us read it? Would it be more appropriate? <laughs> um, oh, crap. Let me, uh, so, okay, here's the last thing in this transcript, Richie, before we before we sort of move on to other things here. It's where there's, um, quote, I'm getting lo- getting lotion all over the place. Um, uh, is it right after this that, that um, tone? <laughs> is it right after this that the rubber met the road? <laughs> what? The rubber met Don't the road. Don't be coy, Richie, you know what I'm asking. The rubber met the road. You know, where the, when the, uh, the get down began. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> The, I think you remember all too well. There, there must have been something that started happening right here because it just cuts off in the middle of the transcript and the rest isn't here. All I remember, we were cut off abruptly because I heard keys at the door opening. Now, and... So I didn't know this. Now, did you not... Um, My this, from A to Z, did you not get to Z? Is this like an A through Q? <laughs> I think he did. Did you not uh, get to Z? Uh, I don't remember. Richie, Richie. you do remember. Don't be ah. Scott. Just quit being Scotty J. No, my brother came home. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. Did your brother come home before? Yeah. So what's contained in those three pages that we can't see? Did your did you did you were you able to finish everything before your brother got home? No. Really? So so you were you were interrupted. Right. That's unpleasant. No, but it's, there's more to that story. I can tell the way he's answering. Well, the first part of this, I was faking it. I was like, okay, I'm going through this. <laughs> yes, you're, you're, yeah, I took my <laughs> oh, shirt baby, off. Oh, baby, oh, <laughs> baby. I took my shirt off, okay. You were, you were just faking getting lotion but all over then, the place. Basically, when I got to my socks, it was... <laughs> <laughs> Once you got to your socks, you, the, like, the okay. method acting so took Richie, over. So, Richie, you're sitting there buck naked in front of <laughs> with your socks. And the my house you live in with your brother. <laughs> and my socks on. <laughs> supposed to be coming home from Well, I think it's in there. I told you I had to go make sure he wasn't coming home, and I put, like, the, the vacuum cleaner in front of the door, so... It kind of barricaded and made an obstacle course down the you hallway. Barricaded. <laughs> you barricaded your brother at the house. And your reclining computer chair. <laughs> With your socks. And your socks. <laughs> a big bottle of lotion. You made an obstacle course in the hallway. And candles. What? <laughs> Please tell me, did you really like candles? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sweet Lord. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. I was just thinking that. Thank you. The candles really prompted this. Thank you, Richie. Okay. We'll discuss it more later on. Here's Tim Riley, Ministry of Truth. Well, the boss of American Idol says Paula Abdul isn't going anywhere. My boo, we want to get rid of Paula. Wonders aloud, Cecil Frat Coutaz. (laughs) (laughs) And Felina Spleens. That that is the name of the person who runs American Whatever. Cecil Frat Coutaz. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and why would we want to get rid of her? We love everything she's talking about. You know, they always say that right before they get rid of you, though. Mm-hmm. They were big believers in the Rick Emerson brand, and frankly, they're big believers in Katie Couric right now, too. So let that be your guide. That's what I hear. <sighs> well, Frat Kutaz, who oversees development, production, and business operations of Idol and several other U.S. series, including America's Got Talent and the CW's Farmer Wants Wife, said Abdul is great Farmer for the show. Farmer Wants Wife? Yes. Uh, it's on the CW, so nobody will see it. <laughs> okay. Said Abdul is great for the show and called her a great team player. Haven't we all heard these words before? Yes. Yes, we have. All right. Uh, nobody's alarmed by the ratings dip, said Frat Kutaz. No. We're still 7 million viewers ahead of the second biggest show, so let's face it. 
Uh, TV has taken a huge decline in the past year. All the networks are down quite a bit. I think the writers' strike hurt a bit. A lot of viewers haven't come back. It's funny how uh, when you hear these interviews with media types, they're never alarmed by the ratings dips. They couldn't possibly care less. Yeah. Well, the ratings are in the basement. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter to us at all. We're completely unconcerned. That's the way we all we've always felt <laughs> here. I suppose. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, this Rick about Richie's transcript and the camera slash Camorra. I think the resolution of that story is that, yes, Chrissy does indeed have a hidden Kimora, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and yes, we do. Thank you, sir. Here's Tim Riley. Well, Tom Cruise feels misunderstood. In an interview with Oprah airing today, Cruise shares that there are things I could have done better. But <laughs> yeah. it comes out to the fallouts he's made in the past. A lot of times I was just nervous doing interviews. But Oprah asked Cruz about his infamous uh, 2005. Oh, that was five years ago. No, three years ago. Chair jumping incident on her show while declaring his love for his now wife, Katie Holmes. He said it happened because of the way he feels about her. Just who she is and what she means to me. Cruz says reports of the couple's marriage uh, being fake is laughable to him, and the rumors that the uh, Holmes family is at odds with him also not true. Of course not. He said that uh, he and Holmes uh, kept now two-year-old daughter Siri out of the spotlight for the first three months of her life because they didn't feel any need to rush it. Because they love her, Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cruz is also appearing on Monday's Oprah Winfrey Show to celebrate something to make everyone feel old. The 25th anniversary of the release of Risky Business. No. Yes. 25 years? Yep. Wow. <clears throat> Interesting. When did he become a Scientologist? Do we know? I'm I mean, at well, sure. what point in his movie career? Was it like Top Gun? After Top Gun? Was it before that? I don't know. Was he able to hide the crazy for years and we didn't know? Yeah. Maybe. Um, speaking of that, here's a great email about Richie. Well, that was back in the days of spin control anyway. You could do it back then. Well, before the, and before the Internet and when everything had to go through a publicist and, that was, and all the newspapers knew was what your publicist told them. Yes. About Richie and the vacuum cleaner. This email says, Rick, nothing says, I'm not doing anything in here, more than being nude in front of the computer with a <laughs> vacuum cleaner nearby. <laughs> Imagine you walk in and Richie's in a candlelit room, nude except for his socks with a vacuum cleaner right next to him. <laughs> well, he's very tidy. <laughs> yes, he is. He says, just when you think Richie can't get any ickier, he proves us all wrong. I just... A dimly lit room with flickering candles and Richie nude except for socks and a vacuum cleaner right next to him. <laughs> and all you're hearing is like... <laughs> uh, hi, Tim. Let's do one more and we'll take Tim's a break. I this just as much as we are. I guess I am. I'm kind of desensitized now at this point. I, I think so. Too. I mean, really... <laughs> And it's funny how it's grossing everybody else out now. And it's funny how three hours ago we were all horrified, but now we're just completely used to it. We've just accepted it all now. All right. Let's, all right. So uh, I spent the, the past few minutes blacking out all the references to her last name. I'll take those upstairs. So we can put them upstairs. All right. Let's do one more. And we'll take a break. What goes on upstairs stays upstairs. Uh, that's what we're <laughs> scanning Richie's transcript. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the DC madam promised suicide, and sure enough, she and she delivered. What's described as the granddaddy of all autographs, signed by Old Blue Eyes, is on display now at the new Palazzo, Las Vegas. It turned out the songwriter of many hits by Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons brought it to town for this week's opening of Jersey Boys, the new Broadway musical about the singing group who rose to fame in the 1960s. Songwriter Bob Gordio is an original member of the Four Seasons, got Frank Sinatra's autograph in 1969 in New York when he was producing Sinatra's Watertown album. The Las Vegas Review-Journal reports that uh, Gudio invited Sinatra to a pool party at his home 
but had a real crisis on his hands when he accepted, because the guy didn't have a pool, the pool was reportedly put in within a week, but was an actor showed up during a torrential downpour, it became a muddy mess because the sod had seeped in. Uh, Sinatra was said to be a good sport about it and signed his name in the cement with a smiley face. That's pretty great. So they had the 100-ton-pound chunk of cement uh, dug up years later. It is now on display at the Jersey Boys gift shop without the memorabilia from the Four Seasons heyday. The show's opening night gala is set for tomorrow night. Which I love the idea, too, of a guy just busting his ass to put in a swimming pool for Sinatra and then it all goes wrong because, of course, that's so, that's so similar to Sinatra busting his ass to get that guest house for JFK. Who then stated, "Big Crosby, Crosby's an effing Republican." Yeah. Oh, that's so great. This is the end, Peter. Oh, it's wonderful. I love this show. All right, let's. I never stop loving it. Trash house. All right, let's uh, take a break. We'll come back after this. Aaron Duran joining us, as well as James Roop. You stay there, plus uh, your phone calls as well. Sir Rick Emerson, radio program, Trash House. Emerson Radio Program. How you doing? God, I love life. The best part was Richie asking why we were playing this song, and wasn't this song kind of gay? Yes, it is, Richie. This song is kind of gay. Only the song. The alligator. It is. It's not really working out the way I'd hoped. Let me try the next one. It's the second one. The second one. <laughs> it sounds like Richie being aroused in slow motion. Oh. Put on the lotion. <laughs> okay. Anywho, how's everybody doing today? It's 503-733-2970. Still to come. Jim Roop in just one moment. Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. And we'll welcome Aaron Duran to the show in just a second. From Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen. Seeing a radio correspondent, Jim Roop. Hello, sir. Howdy, howdy, howdy. How are, you, how are you doing, my friend? Okay, you must be having a good time. Remember that story we told you about Richie yesterday? Yeah. So... They're getting better. <laughs> you do, you have no idea. So today, so uh, not only did Richie have sex with a... 
uh, cyber sex, we should say. Same thing. Yeah, well, uh, with a man pretending to be a woman. And again, let's all be very clear, we're not prudes here on the Rick Emerson Show. We're, you know what it is? It, whatever Richie uh, chooses to pursue for happiness and pleasure... We embrace it. We try to be... It, ours is a program of diversity and inclusion. And whatever makes the show better. That's the other thing. Whatever whatever creates a, a better show, that's fine. Uh, so Richie, God bless him, is very open and you know, embraces all aspects of his own personality. And so as part of that, he brought in the transcript today. And... Jeez, he's just a glutton for punishment. Or for something. I mean, I, you know, who, who knows? Uh, it does seem to satisfy something inside of Richie to uh, to speak about this openly. So we're getting that scanned in upstairs as we speak, and I'll uh, I'll put that on my website. Um, some I'm gonna we're gonna play a little game here, Jim Roop. I'm going to give you a sentence. I'm gonna give you a phrase uh, from the transcript. Now this is Richie. Uh, this is Richie uh, having an online intimate conversation with a person calling her himself Chrissy. And I'm going to give you a sentence. You tell me if it's Chrissy saying it or if it's Richie Bristol saying it. All right. All right. Uh, let's see. Here's the phrase. Let's see. Uh, I am very turned on. That's Richie. No, that's Chrissy. Oh. <laughs> How about this one? You got all the good ones. I only got pages one and two. You got it when they get down to business. <laughs> I'm getting lotion all over the place. Oh, I hope that's Richie. That is Richie. No. <laughs> well done. Uh, all right. How about this one, Jim? <laughs> Am I supposed to take my shirt off? That's the other one. Chrissy? Chrissy? Yeah. Nope, it was Richie. Really? What's okay. he going to do with that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. How about this one? How about, um, let's see. Um, let's see. Um, wow. I just, they're so hard to, uh, how about this? Come and get it. Richie. No, that's Chrissy. Oh, see, I'm, I'm terrible at this. Dude, you're, te you're terrible at transvestite cyber sex. I uh, you know, good. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. Oh, all right. Hey, how's life? How are, you, how are things? That's just terrible. No, it's wonderful. You're almost right. Same number of syllables. Oh, Jesus. So, um, well, let me just segue by saying this. In addition to talking about Richie's Internet travails, um, and what did we do before technology, really? I mean, there was just no way to have encounters like that. Um we were talking about this trash house up here, which is just a house filled with alleged drug dealers and just crap and just feces and just whatever. And uh, that sort of uh, blended just with one a, house? just one. Well, not yourselves lucky. Today's house. And that was blending in with many, many, many stories about how everything made of metal within 50 square miles of my house has been stripped away and sold for drug money. So the point that I really would be just as just as William Daniels says to Dustin Hoffman in The Graduate, I would be investing in the ground floor of plastics. Because plastics are the only thing that they can't steal and sell for meth money right now. And that's what they're replacing all the fittings on fire hydrants with, because people in L.A., actually all over the state, are stealing the brass fittings and the copper valves off of fire hydrants, making them inoperable. And just uh, just last week, firefighters rolled up to a house fire, tried to hook up to a fire hydrant. It was vandalized. It wouldn't work. So they went down the street to the next one. It wouldn't work. It was also vandalized. They just had to watch that house burn. In, I mean, in a way, you almost have to, in a horrible sort of way, admire the, really, the ingenuity and perseverance of criminals who have just found a way to get anything metal disattached and taken away. Yeah, but you get, you know what you get for this valve? You no. You get $8. <laughs> I mean, how many of these things you got to steal? Eight? You're out all damn night. I wonder how much that valve cost to make and put on there. 
I don't know. I uh, Jesus, eight dollars really? Eight bucks is what that thing gets you. And and meanwhile, a one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars home burned to the ground. Uh, uh, I mean, really, what they ought to start doing is just. I think any time between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m., unless you've got a key to, to deactivate it, all of these things just need to be electrified. You know what I mean? Oh, man, some dude electrocuted himself just a couple of weeks ago trying to steal some copper wiring. Oh, that's satisfying. I mean, right next to this charred body was bolt cutters. <laughs> that is, like, oh, man. That's <laughs> satisfying in the deepest way. <laughs> guy tried to steal copper wiring. You know, <laughs> you got to be an electrician to do that. Man. That's a little bit of nature sorting itself out right there. <laughs> Wear some rubber gloves Jesus, or something. Indeed. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad to know in a horrible way that we share this sort of pain, that the nitwits and morons and criminals and whatever aren't confined to here, that you've got them as well, my friend. We have a, we have a few of them. Yeah. Yes, sir. We, we also have the most people ever anywhere, apparently. We have uh, California now. Has one, one out of every eight Americans lives in California. Really? That's what You guys are basically your own. You know, screw Texas seceding. I'm surprised you guys haven't decided to secede. Well, no one can get together on it. There'd be 172 different friggin' languages. I suppose that's true. You know, everybody wants to be in charge, but nobody wants the responsibility. Right, right. You know, no. you got a workforce that's not making any money because they're working under the table, because they're all working out of the Home Depot. That's a fair point. You know, I mean, it, there's no way this, even though we supposedly have the fifth largest economy in the world, this state, it would never last on its own. Yes. It would it would implode. And plus, you have to steal water from everybody else already. Yeah, we don't so have I our mean... own water source. <laughs> We've got nothing, man. We don't have fire hydrants at work. It'll be like ice pirates, where you're just doing like you're raiding parties to get to get water from the other states. Maybe that's maybe the rest of the U.S. should get smart and go, yeah, let's get rid of them. Let's Seriously, just... we just turn it off and just... you are your own state now. You're your own country. Thank you. Well, within a week they'll be gone. Just thirst you out. Uh, all right, big plans for your weekend, sir. None, zero, zip. Good. Good for you. And if you happen to be online, ignore anybody named Chrissy with a prominent Adam's apple. All right. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. Jim Roop, ladies and gentlemen. All right. All right, Rick. Uh, so you I got have that it. PDF? Yeah, so it's a PDF. You use Blogger, right? Yes. So you can do one of two things. Blogger will let you upload a file, in which case then you just link okay, to the file. I don't see file. I see video and image. There should be a thing that lets you upload file. Or you could also, this is a little trickier, okay. but you could just open that PDF on your own computer. And use and just do screen captures, crop it down, and, and post them as graphics. I know that's 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 a pain. I know. Uh, let's see. Let's welcome I, let's yeah. welcome Aaron Duran so he can tell me that you can do this a lot more easily on yeah, a Mac. Yeah, Aaron, you want to help me figure this you out? You could do it a lot easier on a Mac, but you still got to have the program to do it. All right. Well, I mean, you can do. Does it with, CBS have any kind of photo editing software? Well, you like you, guys have you it? can do it with Microsoft Paint. People don't know that. Mm -hmm. You bring it up on the screen. Let's paint rules. You you bring it an and then you open it with. You hit print screen. And the print, people don't know this on Windows, print screen, that button on your keyboard, is a screen capture. Yeah. And then all you do is you open paint and you paste it in. You do a control V, you paste it in, you crop it down, you save it as a JPEG. Yeah. It's kind of a pain. It's going to be a really big JPEG. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 kind yeah. of a pain to do. But if you wait Sarah, during the break, we can get it posted. I'll okay. Sure posted I, so I, I need to give the people what they want. No, I know. Trust me. Can't you just fire that off to Bridget really quick? She can open it in Photoshop and just convert no, it to an image. Scan, Bridget scanned it and she actually, I, I felt bad. I was interrupting her doing real work. Because oh. I went up there and I said, hey, uh, I got something for you. And she said, and I thought, you know, because she usually listens. Serving you is real work. And I, and I said, uh, I said, I got, you know, the thing for you again. She goes, what? And I said, oh, have you not been listening? She goes, no, I've been editing this thing for one of the other station's websites. And I said, oh. And then I had the whole thing of, like, <laughs> having to explain to her what I had in my hand. I'm like, you don't want to read this. Uh, this is the transcript of Richie's cyber hump. You know, and she just kind of went. Oh, and she actually like reached out and took it like between the tips of her fingers, like it was Cyber like it was hump. soggy. Um, and just, like she was gonna catch net herpes. That, 
Don't ever say that. Well, you made a spice, a space, an ice pirates reference. So I thought ice pirates. Yeah. Um, but I said, and I said, uh, you know, so just like scan it in, but don't read it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't want to, you don't want to look at that. And uh, she goes, Oh no, I'm not going to read it. So I told her, I said, send it to us as like a whatever, and we'll post it. So uh, we'll get it, we'll get it, to, we'll get it done. How's it? How are you? Do you get a movie review tonight? Yeah, Iron Man. That's amazing. How yeah. sometimes we get a film critic who comes to the program and they have a movie to review. You know why we didn't have a lot of reviews the past couple months? Because Scott's kid has a t-ball league. Well, no, that's not it. Oh. Well, that's part of the reason. It's kind of the reason yeah. he tried to peddle to us. No, that's one of the reasons. The other reason is that during the really bad time of year for movies, only the Oregonian gets press passes. Is that true? Yeah. No, nobody was, else gets invited. Was yeah. not screened for critics. Yeah, there's a lot of was not screened for critics, or it's a lot of art house, and pretty much only Sean Levy yeah. or Mike Russell gets to go see a movie. So you saw Iron Man, though. Yeah, I saw Iron Man a couple here's, nights ago. Here's the thing. Before I even know, because I don't know anything about the quality, but before I even say anything, let me just tell you that I... I'm not much of a comics guy. I mean, I sort of respect comics, but I don't really read comics. But I really want it to be good, A, because I like Robert Downey Jr. We yeah. all do. We're all rooting for him. And B, because it, it seems like the ratio of crap to quality in comic book movies is just so tilted in favor of crap. Oh, yeah, almost every time. So where happens. are we at with Iron Man? Iron Man is good. Really? It's not great, but Iron Man is very good. Iron Man matched my expectations when I saw the trailer. Okay. And that's not a dig. I was like, hey, this is going to be a fun movie. And it was. I would so far, I would go out to say that Iron Man is best is Marvel's best film since Spider-Man 2. Oh, really? Which maybe isn't saying a whole lot when no, you think we I mean, got Spider-Man 3 but and I mean, 3. But, but where does it rank up against Spider-Man 2? Oh, it's nowhere near. Nowhere near, but it's cool. Spider-Man 2 is in the top five greatest superhero this, films of all time. Not a home run, you said it's like a triple, a double? Yeah, yeah, good. totally. Yeah, it's really good. It's Excellent. a solid. You can tell that John Favreau has a lot of respect for the character and, and you know, the background of Iron right. Man. And, you know, and all the actors are clearly having a good time. They're not being really tongue-in-cheek about it. Excellent. So, no, it's a good flick. Very and cool. uh, stay through the credits if you anybody who goes. I you know that's the thing that I've sort of learned post uh, maybe like uh, a bug's life. Yeah. I've learned that you have to stay all the way to the credits. That you you now any time in the last fifteen years you leave a movie early at your own peril. Yeah, the screener didn't get it, but uh, I was able to find out and see what happens after the credits. So really? definitely go. Yeah, excellent. All right. Uh, what do we? Uh, I got this air check still to play. Um, oh, I, yeah. You're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey guys. What's uh, up? Remember yesterday how uh, Tim suggested uh, sort of a uh, a spray on flesh to cover up uh, shaving stubble? Yes. Uh, it's sort of my, it's eerily, eerily similar to a product I came up with uh, a while back. Now, when you say you, as in you just dream, dreamed about it, or like they, as in you can buy it? Uh, I came up with, although who knows, maybe on the market. What is it? Uh, basically a meat version of Easy Cheese, you know. Just, easy meat. <laughs> yeah. Give me some Easy Meat, woman. Like a spam, you could like sort of like a spray under your crackers. Well, you—I mean, they have that um, that purified product, or no, that pureed potted meat product, which yeah. is basically just you know meat crap in a can. Well, that's how they fed RoboCop. Mine, why can't they put it in? You know, his oh, digestive his digestive system is extremely simple. This machine extrudes a rudimentary paste. Yeah, but uh, basically, this like by the store isn't under pressure. Yes. All right. So, uh, well, well, I'll keep an eye out for it, sir. All right. Hell, they got cheeseburger in a can, so you All never right. know. All right. Thank it you. It wouldn't be that hard. All you got to do is add, like, more liquid to a spam type thing, and it would go. Can I tell you, I lament constantly that there isn't a rudimentary paste RoboCop style. I would totally eat that. Yeah. I can't, and you'd have to have something just in your home. Like, you'd have the, you know, like, the, the Brita water filter. Yeah. And right next to it, the Brita meat. Dispenser. It, it, and this sounds like uh, a dumb way to put it, but I sometimes wish there was like it was like dog food for humans. You know what I mean? Because like, look, I got you know, dog. I got a big bag of dry dog food. I give him that twice a day, 
And that's pretty much all he needs. He's happy with it. He eats it. And presumably everything he, need is, he needs is in there. If they made some product for that, like Bachelor Chow on Futurama, <laughs> just, you know, big... Bu- what is this? Well, it's a, it, it tastes okay, but it gives you everything you need. Everything you need. Yeah, that would There'd be... There'd be no fat people anymore. No, there would be no fat people, which is probably why it doesn't exist. Although I bet you there still would be, because human beings, by their nature, are gluttons. Right. I mean... Because dogs will keep eating, too, if you let them. And I'm not like the picture of health or anything, but I think a lot of times people are just like, it's so hard to know what's good for you and what's not in in that gray area. I mean, like, you know, you know, like, fast food is bad, and you know apples are good, but there's that whole middle ground of, like, is this good or is it fake good? Well, you know, basically, unless you made it yourself, it's terrible. bad. It's bad if for it you. If it comes from a box or a can or requires propane for oh, dispensing, dude, it's I bad you, for you. I was at the Plaid Pantry today, and I love the Plaid Pantry, but they were selling, like, it was like a microwave. It was like easy chorizo. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it, was like a, it was like a little plastic packet that you microwave of chorizo. Oh, I thought of you. Those are my people, and I'm not coming near that. Well, it's like when uh, Walmart used to sell them. I don't know now, but they used, used to be able to buy microwavable pork rinds. Uh, Came in the same bag as popcorn. Oh, I've got a bag of those up in my office, actually. Yeah. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, guys. Hey, uh, Not to veer off of the uh, white trash food topic there, but... Uh, Battlestar Galactica. I saw the original series for sale. Does that hold up? No. Um, Fat Boy says no. I haven't seen it. Aaron, you also say no. I say no unless you watch it as an eight-year-old all over I, again. I, I haven't seen it since exactly. since like the first time I saw it then. You're so. gonna wonder why they use the argument of it was because it had good ratings. They say it was canceled because of the effects, the, the budget. Which right. seems like a bunch of crap when you realize that they only had three shots mm-hmm. of a yeah. viper turning left, a and raider exploding. turning right, and exploding. Over and over. It was like, it's like watching a trauma film where it's the same car yeah. explosion over and so, over again. I really don't know where the money went, except maybe for like Baltar's costumes because he had the best costumes yeah. in the show. But yeah, it do- like, unfortunately, it doesn't hold up, and I really wanted it to. You know what holds up, sir? What's that? Uh, Land of the Lost. Really? I'm saying for me, yeah. Land of the Lost fan. I mean, obviously, you know, you look at it now and you can tell it's claymation and you know, green screen oh, yeah. or whatever. But I, it's, but it, it, it holds up in terms of story. Uh, I mean, you know, for a kids show, it, it certainly it's like it, it's Star Trek, a, the original one. It's like a, it's a quality program. It really is. I would say uh, less so season three. Season three was crap the first time. It's crap now. Uh, but the the first season, especially of Land of the Lost, is really good. It's still I own both the first two seasons on DVD, and it's really good. Good to know. All right. Thank you, sir. Okay. All right. So you have the one with the Walter Koenig commentary. Yeah, where, where he's, he's just drunk and, and angry. I hate Star Trek. <laughs> Screw William Shatner. And yeah. you know they're making a movie, right, starring Will Ferrell, Land of the Lost? I know. I know. It makes me angry, no too. No kids. It's nothing but adults. But, you know, here's why that movie makes me angry, the Land of the Lost movie. And I know that it sounds like I shouldn't be angry about it. But I am because, I mean, Sid and Marty Croft held on to those movie rights for a long time. and They wouldn't let anybody do it. Yeah. So they finally sell the rights, and I know why they did, because, you know, Will Ferrell. I mean, fine, whatever. He's kind of, you know, he, he's, a, he's a moneymaker. So, but have you seen the shots of the sleaze deck? Yeah, I have. They're cool, man. It's like just a very slightly updated version of the old school back-in-the-day yeah. sleaze deck, and they probably are going to move but and be able like, to talk. Yeah, but it's like, why can't they just, for once, try to stick with it and make it like an actual fun thrill ride of a movie instead of making it like a kooky comedy. See, that's the thing. Actually, on this week's episode of Film Fever Radio, which is up right now at filmfeverradio.com, uh-huh. Scott and I got into this argument that he feels that Land of the Lost 
it should be like a campy because the show was campy. Oh, the show and I said, no, campy. it wasn't campy. The show wasn't I said, campy the, at all. The most that you could say is that maybe it was innocent because it was playing to kids, but it was meant to be kind of a thrilling adventure for kids. Uh, Land of and the there's Lost no is, reason why the movie couldn't be that. Land of the Lost isn't campy at all just because they didn't have much of a budget. I yeah, mean, they had exactly. poor special effects, but I mean, that's like saying that Ray Harryhausen films are campy. They're just, you know, they're dated. Yeah. And they were kind of done on the cheap, but not campy at all. There's, there's really some serious... Uh, interesting science fiction writing going on in Land of the Lost, uh, if you watch it. And some pretty heavy concepts, Especially too. when you start to realize that they really go in the past, or in they in the future, where the right. sleep decks might be the final evolution of Earth. I mean, yeah, they were they were laying on some serious sci-fi there. Yeah, uh, Land of the Lost is not a campy show, and so it's it's I think it's taking the easy way out to make it like some ironic Starsky and Hutch Which comedy, is what I think they're going to do. Which is too bad. I mean, it would be, you know, I wish they wouldn't do that. Don't do these things. They're going to do the same thing with the gem movie someday. I know. All right, we should take a break here. We'll come back after this. Out. I've got it up. Really? Uh-huh. So, SarahXDillon.com? Yeah. All right, so if you go to Sarah... Thank X- you, Bridget. She reformatted it for me. Bridget, thank, you. thank, thank you. you so much, Bridget. I appreciate that. And Richie, thanks you. All right, so if you uh, is that, go to... Is that uh, Richie or Chrissy? SarahXDillon.com. Sarah <laughs> Sarah In the throes of passion, it can be hard to tell. Yes. Uh, SarahXDillon.com to read the transcript of Richie's conversation with... Chrissy. Back after this, more from Aaron Duran and uh, Tim Riley returns. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. You can now see the transcript of Richie Bristol, Bristol's excursion into a larger world. It's SarahXDillon.com. A transcript of shame. <laughs> it's a trash house. It's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A Tilbrook County man has admitted sending threatening letters containing fake anthrax to government offices over a period of three years. David Albert Goves of Bay City admitted sending numerous letters containing a powdery substance as well as threats to government agencies and private businesses. He told the FBI he mailed so many letters he, he simply lost count. An L.A. video company, Vivid Entertainment, claims to have its uh, a sex tape featuring Rock Lynch Jimi Hendrix and intends to commercialize it, but the company that controls the rights to Hendrix's music and likeness claims it's a callous attempt at exploitation. The L.A.-based entertainment company, Vivid Entertainment, announced, yes, it would release a sex tape allegedly starring Jimi Hendrix. It consists of 11 minutes of uh, footage shot some 40 years ago in a hotel room. But the people say it's it's fake. It's not really him. The best part about it, well, there's a couple of things. A, that the Hendrix estate, they got some nerve saying that they're callously exploiting the likeness and image of Jimi <laughs> Hendrix. I just say that. Seeing as how every single, Jimi Hendrix is like a case study in why you ought to burn everything before you die. Yeah. Because the family took every note he ever, I mean, it literally taped where it sounds like it's just Hendrix in the studio tuning his guitar. That the family would then, after he was dead, they would just bring in session musicians and they go, look, look, uh, we got this. 
14 seconds of Jimmy noodling on the guitar, build a song around it, and then they would build a song around it after his death and release it as like his final, the final studio tapes or whatever. Um, it's you know it's sort of the musical equivalent of Fred Astaire dancing with a vacuum. Cleaner. Didn't they also try to dig up his body and move it to put a memorial up? No, that's Jim Morrison. Oh. Uh, but uh, although maybe Hendrix too, for that matter, I don't know. Uh, the the other great thing about the story is how when it came for Vivid, who is you know they're sort of the, the largest uh, purveyors of pornography in America. Uh, they you know they're the Jenna Jameson you know company and all that. Uh, that when they got this purported Hendrix sex tape, they quote authenticated it by having experts come in and analyze it, which sort of indicates that you are an expert not necessarily in Jimi Hendrix, but in Jimi Hendrix's you know penis. Uh, you might want to. What are you doing? Oh, I forgot my black tie at home, so all I have is that light-colored tie for uh -huh. a photo shoot. And so I texted, I should have just, I should have gone right to Tim, and now I feel like a fool for not doing so. I said, Richie, because Richie lives close. I said, hey, if you're not already here, can you can you bring in like maybe a dark-colored tie for me to wear? These ties smell really funky, Richie. And do they? Do they smell like durian? <sighs> How do you feel about any of these ties? Oh, Absolutely no. not. <laughs> I didn't think so. Oh, get them away. They smell like menthol and old English. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know that any of these really <laughs> do anything for you. Sarah, do any of these do anything? Do, that one's not bad. It's Okay, do you think I can get away with this one? You can get away with that yeah. one. All right. All right. No. No, I don't trust your judgment. We have one judgment. dark one coming from Corey the A. All right, really? Oh, okay. Thank oh you. that's great. All right, thanks yeah, so much. Yeah, I, I think that one that one would work. I'll keep that in my back pocket. Any right. Asian woman would work. Why do like they that. smell, Richie? Why do they <laughs> smell? Or any Asian man? Of what do they that's smell? True. Or any Asian uh, other? They smell of lotion. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Now all done for now. Oh. Okay. There's Tim Riley. But I'll be back later. Back at four, five, six, and seven, top of the hour, all the way through Lycus, ladies and gentlemen. Tim Riley, the world's greatest newsman. By the way, uh, I want to talk about this now because by next week it'll be old news. Uh, and it's actually old news now. I wish I'd known about it. This is from uh, yesterday's paper, Thursday. Today is Friday, isn't it? That is correct. Uh, this whole week has been so weird. Um, so Thursday's paper, I did not I did not know this, and I wish I had. Um, Bowers Bakery and Hawthorne closed. I had no idea. Uh, do you know Bowers Bakery? Oh, the one right next to Noah's Bagel? Right next to Noah's Bagel. You and I, when, during our term of unemployment, you and I would meet there all the yeah, time. Yeah, during sandwiches. the unpleasantness, we would go, I loved that place. Great sandwiches and, and great pastries. Uh, and not, I mean, not that I need more pastries, but I mean, not like from something like made there. Like, uh, this is Danishes and turnovers and scones and just, and qual and really good bread. And they would do this really great thing that at the end of the business day, their unsold loaves of bread and biscuits and rolls, they would just put out... Uh, in bags on a table outside, and so at the end of the business day, if you if you went by, all the loaves of bread they hadn't sold, they just let anybody mm -hmm. take, and um, and it was a it was a family owned business. Um, Dave Bowers it was the guy who owned it, and I do believe they were his um, his very attractive daughters. Uh, who worked there, with whom I had many pleasant conversations. Yeah, you always made me feel really awkward when they were, were there. They were hot, man. Um, but uh, he, are they done because he wants to retire, or are they being, uh, just, I think they it's being a priced out? Economic downturn, which uh, which hit a couple other which places. Which is all Hawthorne Boulevard. Well, it's the, all you know, Daily Grind downhill. is gone. Yeah, the Daily Grind went away. Uh, so... Anyway, so I, I really... I'm really um, glad I got some good years on Hawthorne before, you know, all the American apparels and everything came in. Before I just, it becomes the pearl. I yeah. just, I regret, um, I regret that I didn't know this, and it's too late now, uh, but I didn't know it was closing. I, I didn't know until I saw the paper that I it was closing I swear, I just Wednesday. walked down the street yesterday and saw that um, people sitting outside. Was it still open yesterday? No, it closed Wednesday. Wednesday uh -huh. was the last day. I'll just read a little bit of this uh, so I can depress myself. It said, a bit of heart and soul along... This from the Oregonian. From Southeast Hawthorne Boulevard disappeared Wednesday when the 23-year-old bakery closed. Uh, throughout the day, customers dropped in to say goodbye to owner Dave Bowers and a way of life. Um, 
Bowers Bakery and Deli was known as an oasis where visitors became regulars, a place that in the middle of the city offered small-town hominess. Uh, Bowers' departure is another sign that the boulevard is changing. It's the third landmark to close in the past six months following health food store Daily Grind and Nick's famous Coney Island. Although many uh, Hawthorne businesses thrive, others have closed or moved because of high rent. And this is interesting. This is uh, sort of a period of time that I missed out on. He said... When Bowers, 50, bought and renamed the bakery, Hawthorne was nothing special. It was full of uh, boarded-up storefronts, an X-rated arcade next, was next door, and a restaurant parking lot two doors away was known for drug deals. So, so apparently, you the restaurant parking lot was the Hollywood parking lot? The Hollywood video parking lot now? I don't know. That's Maybe. Uh, and then he says, over time, small business owners saw the potential to create a shopping district like that of Northwest 23rd, and like many things, it is a victim of its own success. Um... Anyway, so uh, I, I regret that I didn't get a chance to go by. So Dave Bowers, or somebody who knows Dave Bowers, if you're listening, uh, thank you for uh, many, many good years. It's a great place. I wish I'd had a chance to go by. So anyway, there you go. All right, uh, where are we where are we at? Uh, let's see. Uh, I got a uh, meat product, um, something or other. Oh, we got what's up coming up? Battlestar Galactica tonight, right? Tonight, yeah, new episode. You know, Which I probably won't catch until tomorrow. Why do they have it on Friday nights? Because Sci-Fi Channel hates their fans. Yeah, because seriously. Because Friday is where you send shows to die. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Just, just like they people. did with the yeah. old Battlestar. It's so appropriate that this Battlestar, just like the original, is being sent somewhere where it can't possibly get any viewers. Yeah, never mind well that done. it's their highest rated show. It's critically acclaimed. It's won Peabody's and Emmy's. Screw all that. That's sort of the wire of the sci-fi world. Yeah. You know what I mean? The great show. That. we got to make room for Cobra versus Anaconda 12 <laughs> from Mansquito 5. Yeah. Um, Mansquito. But uh, Seamus posted something on my on my, my space asking why I was down on season 4 of Battlestar Galactica. And it's not that I'm down on it. I think that the, I don't... I, this season isn't rubbing me the right way. I uh, it, it seems like there's a little too much. I like the sort of religious allegory and the, the fact that they... You know, they're showing that sort of the allegory for the rise of Christianity with Guy's Baltar and all that. Yeah. But I, I feel like it's too much happening too fast. Although I, I think I think Guy's Baltar is Lucifer. Well, Fat Boy says the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I feel like... I mean, it's like it's a good season, but I feel like because they know it's the last season, they're trying... To, to cram in so much in this last season because they know it's the final one. The Sopranos did the same thing. Yeah. The last season, the Sopranos sucked because it, they were trying to d- tie up every story arc. Well, and, you know, trying to get, get all of this stuff done, and there was just no time for it. And so, stuff from what you're used to, at least. I mean, compared I mean, to still, still what's on TV. It's still yeah. a great show. Relatively speaking, it's a great show. But I find like the the guys, Baltar stuff, just suddenly came. It felt like to me out of nowhere. Suddenly, that whole story arc just seems to be in the forefront really quickly for no real reason. The religious stuff, which was always sort of underneath the surface, now just seems to be the entire show. Yeah. Um, the, the biggest interesting to me is the, is the pending Cylon Civil that's War. That's the best that's thing cool. about the show right now. The Cylon Civil War is the best thing. I know we sound like retards. Is the best thing happening. I also will say that I find all of the Starbucks stuff to be overwritten and overacted to the point that it embarrasses me a little bit when I watch uh, when I, when I watch uh, uh, Katie Sackhoff sort of do you know and she's like thrashing around on the floor. You're doing the wrong way. I actually, it was embarrassing. I'm gonna make Batboy cry. I, you know what? I, you know, I love the show. I love her. I love the character. That is being done badly. It's, it, it was. I found it awkwardly yeah. bad. No, I was the same way with you. Uh, with uh, the the episode where she stands over and they film her from below and all you see is her silhouette. She's like, right. I'm the captain, just follow the orders. Yeah. It's and and here's and I know that I'm nitpicking now, but it's here's another thing. There was an episode I think two weeks ago where she's uh she's she's talking to the president. And there's that thing of the president bringing up the gun. Yeah. And then they cut away and you just hear the gunshot. And then, wah, wah, she didn't really get shot. It's like, you can only do that so many times. You can't do <laughs> right. it in episode one and then do it again in episode, like, three. You, you, you have to, you can only do a fake-out death 
uh, that then goes to a commercial break a couple of times yeah. in the whole series. You can't just keep doing that. Although, man, so. I've never wanted to airlock somebody so bad than that president. Now, see, I she's mean, nasty. well, I mean, interesting, I guess yeah, at least true. I find the yeah. character interesting. And I got to say this, I do find, I found all the stuff with um, Callie, you know, great. I didn't find it as dark as everybody else did, but I thought it was neither. good. Um, the Cylon Civil War thing is really great. I think the thing of all the undercover Cylons is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That woman who plays Tori is like the hottest thing I've ever seen in my oh, life. Oh, man. Uh, so, you know, what do you... No, really? Oh. This is the general manager's tie. That, well, then totally wear that one. And try to spill something that's on it. It's got coffee stain written all over it. That's crazy. Yeah, that's got, I accidentally got it set on fire written all over it. Yeah. Like you're holding a celebrity's tie in our world. Yes. That tie probably make, costs more than my month's salary. <laughs> yeah, get what line. brand is it? No, it, wait a minute. It's Arrow. I don't really know who makes that, but it, this is the tie belonging to our general manager. I do believe Target makes that brand. Well, Good uh, for him. Good for him. You know what? He's, that means he's one of the people. Tim. Yeah. Uh, Tim. He's a, he's some, he seems so nice every time I see him. Just really down to earth. He's the coolest guy. He really is. Yeah. I'm totally in the intimidated. Spot. I'm not uh, just saying that. That because, was the other one. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that because he could crush us personally and professionally. Uh, he really, yeah, he's an amazingly cool guy. All right. Well, anyway, thank you, Dave McDonald. All right, we should take a break. Come back. Uh, Court and Fatboy will stop in to pimp uh, the Midnight Movie, which is coming up. Talk a little bit more to Aaron Duran about what's up at FilmFeverRadio.com. And we'll get this guy on the line about meat products. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Here's the Groovy Ghoulies. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, like us at 3, Mike O'Mara Show at 7 p.m. And uh, so forth. All right, let's see. Uh, what am I doing? This is from uh, our good friend Todd the Corpse, who says, About Richie, criminy. I said earlier that Richie couldn't get any ickier, but holy crap. I've only read the first page of the transcript, but it's just so oh, that's sad. Nothing. That's nothing. Oh, dude, you, you have not yet begun to suffer. He says, It's just so sad that we keep saying things like, Don't change the subject after a massage is brought up, and then he won't let it go that he's... Sore. It's like watching a seventh grader try to hit on a girl. I don't know if this is a word, but I'd describe the whole thing as pathetic sad. <laughs> the sad thing is, remember when he keeps bringing up the fact he's like, wait, because she's talking about her friend George, and he's like, wait, and your name's Christian, right? And she's like, don't change the subject. Yeah, totally. Get back to her, it's like, George is a girl. All right. Uh, I'm really hot in here. I gotta take my shirt off. Are you doing it as you or as Richie? I tried to do it as Richie. Christy? For the love of that God. That kind of came Either out just as matter. you just now. <laughs> oh. He's Aaron Duran, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, Gordon Fatboy, Rock 101, KUFO, 7 until midnight, and tonight at the Baghdad for the Midnight Movie. Hello. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hello. Hello. Uh, yes, Baghdad Theater, uh, the big Lebowski tonight, and uh, we're trying something different. We're doing the March of the Lebowskis, and we're meeting on uh, 39th and Stark there at the, the Laurelhurst Park. There's basketball courts right there, and then uh, we're getting as many people to gather right around 9 o'clock, and... And uh, 9.45, we're going to begin marching. Here's what you need. You need a bathrobe, and you need your ID that proves that you're at least 21. The bathrobe gets you into the theater yeah. for free. That is your admission. Really? The bathrobe yep. and your ID is your admission. Yep. You good. don't have to pay the, measer, the measly, what, $3? Yeah. You don't have to pay that as long as you are dressed in dude-like attire. And for us, that's a bathrobe. You are wearing you a bathrobe now, actually. I am. Point that out. Yes, so. I, I am in mismatched socks and flip-flops and uh, the sloppiest shorts I have. Yep. Fantastic. I'm uh, trying to get as much into the mindset of abiding as possible. Yeah, so we're going to wristband people up so that way um, we know that you've been your ID has been checked and everything. We will know, we will know that you have a bathrobe on, and then everybody's going to walk directly into the theater. They're not even going to stop. They're just going to kind of hold their hands up as they walk by to the, the uh, uh, McMiniman staff so they very so cool. you, you're 
through 21, and then they they get seated first, then we let everybody else in. Yeah, so open it up to the that's public. That's the other benefit. Not only do you get in for free by joining the march, if you join the march, you get in first. Yep. Like, if you're the first, if you're like, oh, I don't want to wear a bathrobe, that's kind of stupid, I just want to watch the movie, I'm going to wait in line at, like, you know, 9.30. And you even don't if, get in. You no, know, you might. <laughs> You'll no, be screwed. Yeah. Even if you're first in line, if we get, like, 200 people in the march, you're 200 Fail. first in line. Yep. So uh, it, it, it behooves you to join the march. Get in free, get in first. Take back Hawthorne from the hipsters right. in the name of the dude, in the name of Walter, so in that the is name 39, of Jesus. Is that Laurelhurst Park, you yep. said? Yeah, yes. they have basketball courts are right there on 39th and Stark. All right. And I will say there are a few things better than John uh, Totoro. Mm. Uh, in just that whole, you said it, man. Just that <laughs> shot where he's oh, just, yeah. where he's just he polishing the ball or whatever. So you have seen the movie now, because like, yeah. I think last no, year I've at this time it. I've seen it. I actually okay. I watched it twice. No, he doesn't like it. I watched it twice, and, and, and again, but you know, here's the thing. But I, I do acknowledge that I am in the minority there. Mm-hmm. I acknowledge that uh, that I am the exception that proves this rule. That's fine. Not everybody has to like everything. Mm-hmm. But I was talking to Becca the day, and I said that the, for, and while. The movie, I'm just saying for me, is less than the sum of its parts. Still moments of genius. Yeah. Anytime the Turturro's on the screen and the shut the F up, Donnie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All of that, that's all gold. Yep. So uh, The Turturro yeah. scene is actually the first time I ever literally fell off a couch laughing. <laughs> the first time I saw it. Because yeah. it just blinked in out of nowhere. They were talking about something completely different, and then they cut to John Turturro polishing that bowling ball. All right. So that is the only way I enjoy Hotel California anymore. And it's that version, the Gypsy King's version. People should begin gathering when and where? At least by 9 o'clock. At least by 9 o'clock, if not before. 39th and Stark. Yep, 39th and Stark. The basketball cart's there right across the, the Shell station. All right, so that, and then, uh, and then, it, and if anybody for some reason can't be there, the movie, theoretically, they'll be able to get in yes. at mm-hmm. 11 o'clock. Assuming Saturday. 600 people don't show up for the march, then yes, then the, the doors will open right around 10 o'clock. Although, All right. 600 people walking down 39th would be awesome. Gordon yeah. Fatboy, midnight movie tonight, and uh, on the air, uh, Rock 101 KUFO 7 to midnight, Aaron Duran. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have a website with some stuff. Geekinthecity.com. Yeah, the new episode of Film Field Radio is that we review Iron Man, and I get mad at Stan Lee for whoring himself off in cameo in movie after movie. Excellent. And then at uh, geekinthecity.com, I'm talking about free comic book day, which is tomorrow. Fantastic. You're also pimping yourself. All right. I'm also trying to become the Willamette Week's pick for 2008 for Blog of the City. Final call of the week. Don't suck. Hey, I hate to rain on your parade, but I think Richie's boyfriend is a girl. No, no, this is a terrible call. Why are Why we did you take way? another call? This is a terrible no, call. No, I can't. I got, one, I got one thing to say. Barack Obama! Well done, sir. Wow. Bye. All right. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio. In the news from Timmy Ryan. Timmy Ryan. Tim Riley on the phones. Richie Bristol, the gatekeepers, Dave Zinn. The webmistress is Bridget from upstairs. Director of Engineering, Brian Jones and CBS Radio Portland Marketing Guru, Susan. Don't F with me, Reynolds. We'll see you all Monday. Thanks for listening. Be safe. Don't let the bastards grind it out. Watch out for snakes. I'm huge. Bye.